Hello, everyone, and welcome to Millennial Rewind, where we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. I'm your host, Nick, coming to you from the magnificent mansion hiding sinister secrets of the West Coast, Los Angeles, California. And my co-host, Jules, is still not with us this time around. He continues to pursue his rap career in Italy. It's really taking off. He actually signed with a record label in Sicily. They made him an offer he couldn't refuse. But I am joined by my other co-host coming to us from the flooded room with a dead body in it of Southern California. The Inland Empire is my other co-host, John. John, what's happening? Eh, nothing much. Just, you know, typical Tuesday out here. Oh, yeah. What's, uh, what's so typical about it? I mean, you know, you wake up in the bathroom, don't know where these bruises came from. Just another day, really. <laughs> Yep, yep, that's the Inland Empire for you. I mean, I'm surprised you still have both your kidneys. That's, uh, or am I assuming too much? I have the kidneys that I have. <laughs> <laughs> and not a kidney more. <laughs> uh, and before we get started, if you like what you hear today, please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to share the show with anyone you think might like to listen as well. So we watched Resident Evil. That's right. We finally decided to do a movie from the turn of the millennium. And John, how would you tell someone we you watched Resident Evil without using the title? I'd more of pose it as a question. Can you call it a video game adaptation if it has neither characters nor story from the game? I mean... There are elements! <laughs> <laughs> there are elements. It's got a mansion. And it's got the secret base underneath it. And zombies. And that's about it. There's elements, but it's general zombie flick, really. If you didn't have Umbrella and you didn't call it the T-Virus, there's no reason for this to be Resident Evil. Nope, not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the spirit of that, what other title could they have used for this movie? Uh, I'm going to go with Resident Flashback, because <laughs> <laughs> legitimately half this movie is told in flashbacks. <laughs> There's a moment I have in my notes where most of the flashbacks flesh out, you know, the backstory, but there's one of them that flashes back to something that happened 20 minutes earlier in the movie. Oh, it does. It does. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This movie is dumb. It is a pile of dumb. It is yes. dumb fun. I had a great time watching yes. this. It is fun as fuck. But here's the thing. It gives your audience no credit whatsoever. <laughs> The credit I'm going to give this movie is that it knows exactly how dumb its target audience is. It knows. It knows, and it leans into it, and it doesn't care, and I respect the fuck out of this movie for knowing exactly the IQ of its average audience member. Good job. 100% with you. Totally on board. Yeah. <laughs> So as we mentioned, this is a video game adaptation coming to us from the master of video game adaptations, Paul W.S. Anderson. He did Mortal Kombat back in the mid-90s. Yeah, but he didn't do his sequel. And because that fell apart so fucking hard, that's why he's continued to be involved with the Resident Evil movies this entire time. Because if they're going to make more, it's going to be his story, damn it. Even though um, he hasn't been director for all of them, but he's at least been like writer and producer on everything. Okay. I mean, he, how many of them? There were like, like five, seven. There have been a bunch of them over the years. Yeah, I think they're up to around six or seven. Yeah. And then I actually learned during this that there's a reboot. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, maybe this time they'll actually stick to 
to the video game? Uh, apparently the reboot combines one and two, but unlike this one, it focuses so much on like, this is what the sets look like and this are the references to the game that it's a total just shit movie, which is, it's a reason that this movie is so different from the source material because when you try to do direct adaptations, they always wind up as shit. So he just took the idea and crafted a new story around it. I mean, fair enough. It kind of works on its own in a weird way. So it, this was based off of the, I believe, 1995, 1996 video game. It was a Sony PlayStation exclusive. And yeah, it kind of revolutionized the survival horror video game genre. No, no, it started survival horror. Mm. No, no, okay, no. Uh, I mean, you had stuff before like Alone in the Dark, you know, where everything was made out of triangles. <laughs> but the term did not come about until this game right it's kind of like how before we had the title first person shooter everything was just a doom clone yeah basically i i played the game here and there i again was never allowed to have a video game console so i would have to go over to other kids houses and play there so i played it on and off i only ever played a full resident evil game when i got to college my freshman year roommate had a ps2 so i got to play resident evil 4 all the way through which is considered one of the best in the franchise and i agree it was a lot of fun did you play uh no so like horror movies don't do anything for me i don't really get invested in them but video games something about that level of interactivity i am an absolute pussy when it comes to horror games oh yeah i'm the kind of person who will just stop playing because they're scared to move the character down a hallway <laughs> <laughs> so no i never i never played any of these as somebody who has tried to play through alien isolation at least two or three times right now i absolutely get that sentiment at some point i'm just too scared to keep going um so this movie came out 2002 i was at boarding school when it came out and i absolutely saw it in theaters loved it i have watched most of the resident evil movies in theaters just because they're just dumb fun and i love them i at one point I watched this from my iTunes movie library because at some point I bought this movie. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was sometime in college. I'm like, I just really want to watch this movie. And I bought it on iTunes and I watched it again from my iTunes library. <laughs> nice. Yeah, for me, it would have been early college, but we had rented it. I did not get to see it in the theater. Again, I wasn't really big on Resident Evil, so I didn't make a point of uh, doing so. But we did watch it, and I remembered it being a pretty good time. And it still is. It's it's great, dumb fun. I just remember it being gorier. It's really not. Yeah. It's not that gory. And I remember the action being better. Maybe the sequels are. I've only also seen the, the second one. And I only saw it once, so I really don't remember anything at all about that, except that Nemesis is in it, which they tease at the end of this one. Spoilers. Jared Harris is in it, and he's a scientist in a wheelchair. He's, he's the guy <laughs> whose daughter is the basis of the Red Queen. Oh, really? Yeah. So Alice has to go save to I get thought out it of was, I, I thought it would be the same scientist at the end of this one who's like, I want to put him in the Nemesis program, which no, did you no. recognize who that was? I know it's the very end of the movie, but he also narrates at the beginning, so we could take yes, it right off. So. Yes, he does. All right. Well, I mean, you know it. So whatever. Yeah. No. So yeah. In the second one, it's Jared Harris as the scientist. And he says that he will get Alice and like the band of misfits she puts together that he will help them get out of Raccoon City if they save his daughter from her school. 
Okay, because like at the end of this one, Raccoon City's already been overrun. So I remember the second one was they have to get out, and why did they not just fucking leave? I couldn't remember. They walled the city off. Anyways, anyway, yeah, yeah, we're talking about the plot of a whole other movie. Let's yeah, <laughs> it was great. So like, I, I again, I love this series. It is dumb fun. I don't like the later installments because I watched the last one that they made in theaters, and it's got the guy from Game of Thrones who's like Khaleesi's. I don't know incel manservant but yeah the cuts were really rapid and i was just like wow i'm gonna have a seizure watching this film because like it can't stay focused on one subject for longer than 0.9 seconds so it's a modern action movie it's awesome. a modern action movie but like yeah <laughs> but even more so but yeah i i love this series it's dumb it's over the top it makes no sense um and apparently I bought it on iTunes in the early 2000s because I wanted to keep watching it. <laughs> well, I watched it on Peacock, which means that it froze every time there was a commercial break. And I had to just click like a second ahead to get it moving again because of the ad blocker. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, it stars Mila Jovovich. And she kind of plays Alice. Again, not a character from the series, from the video game series at Completely all. Completely she... created whole cloth. And a very ham-fisted reference to Alice in Wonderland because that's, you know, you got to show your, your you know, fake nerdy chops or fake literary chops by... This is a post-Matrix world, so... This is a post-Matrix world as there are many examples of how this is a post-Matrix movie. Oh, yes. We will oh, get yes. to that, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're talking about how this... Yeah, we were talking about our Matrix <laughs> episode about how so many movies post-Matrix referenced it in some way this is absolutely one of those movies yeah so mila jovovich would eventually ma marry paul ws anderson i mean giving some of the porny shots in this movie do you have any it, idea if they were together at the time of this they were not they okay. were not so she had just been divorced from luke basson who directed her in the fifth element i i had a couple fifth element references to bring up okay yeah, so apparently if you, the rule is if you direct Mila Jovovich in a movie, she'll marry you. Ooh, I got a few scripts to write. <laughs> I think that's why I don't think I've seen her in anything outside of the Resident Evil movies, and I'm pretty sure Paul W.S. Anderson is very aware of this rule. But it She comes did to... Ultraviolet. It was crap. Oh, did he direct that? Because if not, they might be getting divorced. This was a long... No, there's there's been uh, Resident Evil movies since. Okay, they got... You know, they broke up. They got back together. It's been a, a while. Like I said, there were other directors for two of the sequels. <laughs> yeah, but he was still in charge of the whole thing, so I feel like that still counts. Kurt Wimmer was the director of Ultraviolet. Ah. It's also got Michelle Rodriguez in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is like around the time that Fast and the Furious was, was going on. Fast and the Furious was just a couple of years or so before this. But anyway, yeah, Michelle Rodriguez is here as Vasquez. Oh, sorry, that's Alien. This movie also really heavily copies Aliens. Sorry, not Alien. Aliens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It's got an amazing soundtrack. That's another positive for this movie. It's just got incredible heavy metal songs for like Slipknot, Marilyn Manson, who Static also um, was was responsible for part of the score. Was Marilyn oh, Manson? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I had all these notes of if this was a '90s movie instead of a 2000. Based on the music, all of these would be in like underground 
dingy basements with people dancing. <laughs> and then I saw the credits at the end where it was like score by Marilyn Manson. Well, shit, all these notes make sense. I don't even yep. have to say that every single time now. So nope. Perfect. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. The, a lot of these songs ended up in my, uh, my workout mix. I'm totally on board with that. They, uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you can't lift weights to not heavy metal like i don't know how people do it to any other genre of music you have to be very like for at least me i have to be in a very very angry frame of mind to like get through the pain of lifting weights just take a pop song and like slow it down so it sounds like rammstein <laughs> baby you're the fire of <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Makes him go ah ah ah. Rabstein, please <laughs> redo Katy Perry's songs. Katy Perry's catalog, <laughs> the entirety of Katy Perry's catalog. Oh, shit, oh my we god, we're never gonna get to this movie. <laughs> no, we're never gonna get. You know what? Fine. All right, fine. God, we got to get to this movie. <laughs> so we're gonna take a break. Uh, to well, then let me plug in my Virtual Boy while you take a break. <laughs> Okay. Oh, that'll make sense right after the break. So we'll be right back for our breakdown of <laughs> Resident Evil. Hey, Alice, I'm Jeff. I'll be doing your orientation. So let me be the first to welcome you to the Umbrella Corporation and welcome to the Hive. Although you might want to double check with HR, that slid in the red dress might be towing the line on the dress code, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, it's cool. I I, I got it approved. Thanks for your welcome, Jeff. I'm really excited to be joining the team. Oh, amazing. So here's your ID card. Welcome packet. Got some local coupons in there for you. And of course, the security codes and surveillance plans for down here. I'm sorry, surveillance plans. You said plants. Uh, are those even a thing? Oh, they're absolutely totally a real thing. You know, I mean, it's definitely not something a writer-director with a very specific fetish hallucinated while having his head crushed between the thighs of an expensive dominatrix. Mm, that's, uh, that's weirdly specific, Jeff. Yeah, so uh, let me show you around. Uh, we've got the employee kitchen just down here on the left. Help yourself to coffee. And if you put any food in the fridge, you know... Make sure your name's on it. Oh, you got one of those single-use pod coffee makers that are terrible for the environment. Of course we do, because here at Umbrella, we strive to be evil in everything. Now, there's the water cooler, and just down to the right, that's the bioengineering lab. Our scientists there are creating the mutagenetic virus that turns people into zombies. I'm sorry, the virus that does what now? Uh, it reanimates the dead, turns them into mindless, flesh-eating undead monsters. It's kind of the whole purpose here, so we can sell it as a weapon, make a bunch of money. Huh. See, uh, just thinking about that for five seconds, uh, I don't see how a weapon that creates a horde of zombies would ever be useful as a weapon, considering you would just have your own troops overwhelmed, and uh, it might even affect your local population. It just seems like everybody loses. <laughs> well, that's why you're not involved in the... Wait, I'm sorry. Uh, what? What is your position here again? Oh, I'm security. Uh, I'm supposed to guard the mansion that's above the hive. You mean the mansion that's out of town as the secondary entrance? Uh-huh. And they sent you 
down here to the bio lab for some reason, even though there's no reason for you to even know about that and that might ethically compromise you. Yeah, Frank and HR said it'd be good for me to learn more about the company, you know? Gosh, fucking Frank. I tried to hit him up on Slack about this. I'm very sorry, Alice. He never responded with me. You understand, communication is very important in an evil organization. Totally, totally. Um, Ooh, can I pet one of the bunnies they just injected that blue stuff into? Only if they're perfectly level. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta put a level on each of the bunnies' corners. And we're back. And we open up on some red text on red graphics because this movie knows its target audience doesn't like to read. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My very first note is this movie is already taking itself too seriously. (laughs) It's literally the opening seconds of this film. (laughs) Oh, my God. And we get some narration because that's great storytelling. But the narrator is Jason Isaacs doing his best American accent. Um, yeah, his... it's it's just off enough that it doesn't sound right, but you can't really place that it's him either. Very true. And this is not the only time he does a slightly off American accent in the movies. He, he was in, um, oh God, what was it? Black Hawk Down. He also has his slightly off kilter American accent. And at the end of the movie, I'm going to point out one word that he very glaringly mispronounces <laughs> in his American accent. It's fantastic, but we will get All there. All right, I'll wait. But yeah, he's totally uncredited in this movie. Which is crazy because you see his face. Well, like half his face at some point. I'd say you see like a quarter of his face because they're wearing like those hazmat paper suits. And he's got the mask. Over. You basically see his eyes and you're like, holy shit, it's Jason Isaacs. Yeah. <laughs> and so anyways, he gives us some some uh, narration. He tells us that at the beginning of the 21st century, the Umbrella Corporation had become the largest commercial entity in the U.S. And um, considering I was watching this movie for the first time in the early 21st century, uh, bullshit. Well, I called bullshit on it for a different reason, um, where it says, you know, even though it has like pharmaceuticals and uh, home care, like cleaning products and whatever the fuck else, its employees don't even know that it's really into like military stuff and genetic manipulation. I call bullshit on that. Yeah, because you literally have to have employees work on that (laughs) for that to happen. Right. And it's not a situation where it's like, Well, they have, you know, different company names and shell accounts and stuff like that. The first piece of action is a guy walking down the hall and like over the PA system. (laughs) It's like all umbrella employees, da 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 da. And their name is branded on fucking everything. So it's not like these people aren't aware they're working for umbrella. That's very much the case. Yeah. So this is this is a dumb opening. Um, (laughs) By the way, just just put it like in the near future so we can suspend disbelief, you know, in the early 2010s or like what? Ever, like in like, the not too distant future <laughs> but but on the other hand top gun is always happening in present day so what it's the very hell? it's very true <laughs> um they're gonna bomb raccoon city in the sequel i never saw the top gun sequel is that what happened uh nobody's in the top gun sequel it still hasn't come out yet tom cruise bombs millie Jovovich. <laughs> 
Hollywood, seriously, hire us. We have such good ideas. We have such good ideas. Anyways, uh, so yeah, basically, this you know, Umbrella Corporation is huge. It's in everybody's home. It's you know, primary business is healthcare, but you know, secretly on the down low, it's into military technology, genetic experimentation, and viral weaponry that its employees don't even know about. <laughs> Except some of them do. It's so stupid. Not the only logical inconsistency <laughs> in this movie, let me Again, tell you. you. If, if you put just the tiniest bit of thought into this movie, it completely falls apart. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. This movie was not expecting its audience to put any thought into this movie. Mission accomplished. So now we get an unnecessarily long zoom from a black screen into a lab tech working with robot arms. And he's putting different colors of energy efficient light bulbs into a briefcase. Yeah, why do they have like helices in, you know, the vials other than to look cool? Because DNA. Because DNA. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes Anytime no sense. Anytime you're doing things with genes, you got to have that double helix shape. Yeah, so this has Every time. Every single time. <laughs> and yeah, this, ha- this per- you know, person in a hazmat suit um, is putting these vials in this very complicated metal chest that locks digitally. <laughs> And why the fuck does it have level markings on the corners? I don't know. <laughs> on the locking corners, it's got levels. Oh, I don't know, but it's one of the hilariously <laughs> dumb details in this movie. <laughs> and there are four levels. There are four. There's one. Yeah, on there's each one in one- each corner. Well, that would that would mean there's probably eight. You would have them on the other side of the case too. I mean, that's just natural. I mean, I mean, as long as we're being really dumb about levels, <laughs> why not? Why not put it in places you're likely not to see them anyway? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> but anyways, whoever's like wearing this hazmat suit decides that they want to take it off right as they chuck one of the blue vials. You would think they would want to keep wearing that as they made their hasty escape. Nope. Apparently not. You see the sleeve of a leather jacket throw one of the blue vials. Yeah, and we also kind of see whatever wafts out of the broken vial gets sucked up into the vents. Blue mist. Yes. And some office worker gets coffee spilled on him by a guy in a hurry. Pain in that. He gets some sympathy from the office's diversity hire, I guess, because this is a very Caucasian office. And this lady is like one-eighth black. No comment. I mean, you nailed it. Yeah, there's nothing to add there. Oh, there is something to add. So the lady who plays this this character, uh, she was the VIP stewardess in The Fifth Element. Oh, no shit. Okay, nice. I was too busy looking for Baywatch references and found nothing. We've gotten past the 90s, John. Once you get past the 90s, Baywatch. This is my dark tea time of the soul. <laughs> So yeah, he gets some sympathy from VIP cabin lady. And then we see some dogs in these metal kennels who can apparently sniff airborne viruses coming out of the vents. Yep, and they are not happy about it. But also their caretaker tries to calm them down. One of the only few other non-white people in this movie, pinning him, by the way. And then an early 2000s security camera with super cool overlay notices the broken vial. And as these, they've got some scientists that come into a lab and they are way too attractive to be scientists. Like these are the scientists at the start of a porn movie. Like this is not, <laughs> like I'm not saying no scientists are 
are hot, but you like try and get me three hot scientists in the same room. It's hard, okay? It's hard. And so an alarm sounds, the facility locks down, the elevators stop, and the lab starts flooding because the sprinklers are on? Yeah, the rest of the facility makes sense, in which uh, they deploy, you know, like a gas fire suppressant, which suffocates everybody. But for some reason, the labs, it's sprinkler systems, and they just start slowly filling up with water. You know, you don't want to have just one fire suppression system. You got to spice it up a little, you know? (laughs) Weirdly, while the sprinklers are going off, Hot Scientist One is screaming up at the camera, there's no fire. And the overlay tells us that this is Dr. Anna Bolt. Okay. That's a lie. This character is Dr. Green and the actress's name is Anna Bolt. (laughs) (laughs) So they use the actress's real name in the overlay? real name in the overlay. (laughs) That's amazing. Not the only time this overlay is not going to make any goddamn or is going to have some weird shit for us to break down. As a matter of fact, we're about to get there. Well, first of all, in the elevator, because we follow the guy who had coffee spilled on him, and we hear them listening to the other elevator plummeting down the elevator shaft. We see them. We'll come back to them. But now we're in the office. The office has been, like, sealed off, and a gas starts piping in, and they all start suffocating to death. And Mm -hmm. holy shit, this does not make sense. I went down a fucking rabbit hole with this. Oh? Because we see this overlay, and it's showing the nitrogen levels going down. It shows the oxygen levels going down. Correct. It shows levels of this substance called halon Mm -hmm. going up and the T-virus going up. Yes. Okay. Holy fuck. First of all, it doesn't matter if the nitrogen levels go down. No, no, that doesn't. Okay. We don't breathe nitrogen. We need nitrogen nitrogen to survive, but we have to eat our nitrogen. That's mm-hmm. how humans work. Oxygen levels going down, yeah, that might cause you to suffocate. Halon gas, which is a fire suppressant, does not kill you. I mean, it's not good for you, but you will not suffocate because of halon gas. It is not a toxin. Yeah, it's it's more of just it's being replaced and there's just such a lower concentration of oxygen. For some reason, you can't have more than two gases present in a room at one time. There is nitrogen and there is oxygen. But you can. There's no hydrogen, no helium, no, no argon, no nothing else floating around. There is just those two. And if the halon comes in, oh, and the T-virus, naturally they just push the oxygen out. It's so dumb. It's science is what it is. It's not science because I've watched, because I went down this rabbit hole. They named elements. It's science. (laughs) You're watching this movie. You don't know science. (laughs) (laughs) You're not allowed to know science. I I watched literal demonstrations where they put a dude in a sealed container. He Look, if you're going to try and de-dumbify this movie, we're going to be here all fucking day. And you have a birthday party later, so let's get... Fine, let's get to my birthday party. Uh, So back in the elevator, um, the people who are trapped inside manage to get the doors open between floors and VIP stewardess from the fifth element tries to slip out. And besides, you know, even though she's as thin as a rail, she can't get out of this gap. And so the computer, like the overlay, whatever, who's been like clearly killing everyone has been watching them as like, you know, tries to see her escape, decides instead of just like killing her outright. decides to fuck with her. Decides to fuck with her, yeah. Like, <laughs> drops the elevator down, and you think it's going to decapitate her there, and it just, like, stops right before it smashes her face. Oh, it's so good, though. It was a great tense moment. Yeah, it's a great tense moment, but it makes no sense, because then, no, then no, she- nothing in this movie makes any sense. We have to stop saying it. That's going to be 30% of our runtime is this makes no sense. You know what? So be it. 
All right, cool. Then she, you know, turns around and looks up as they're trying to like pull her back in, and that's when the elevator flies up and decapitates her. Well, we don't see her get decapitated, but it's this is one of those things. Like for some reason, I remember seeing it. It must have just been a your brain fills in the gaps, which it has to do with a lot of the gruesome shit in this. Um, but I thought you saw that, or at least like the red splatter on the top of the door frame or something. But no, it's just a complete cutaway. I think your brain was making a better movie. Well, that's always what happens. <laughs> Cut to eyeball. Yes. <laughs> and Mila Jovovich waking up naked in a shower. She looks around. She's like, she's very surprised to be there. Notices some bruising on her shoulder, which I don't think ever pays off. Um, I think it's just from when she fell. Okay. Yeah. But they really like look at it. As if, you know, it's going to be significant at some point. That's true. And her scar, which never gets explained, but it shows that she's tough and she's been through some shit. We'll never learn what it is, but it happened. It definitely happened. And so she puts on a nearby row, and you get a nice sideways nip shot for all you perverts at home. What is it with her in movies where she basically wakes up naked and then has something white yet revealing placed on her? Because it happens twice in this movie. It does happen twice in this movie. And it's a holdover from Fifth Element, at least. Oh, yeah, because of that that <laughs> crazy, I don't know. Weird-ass bandage scene. Paul yeah. W.S. Anderson saw that movie and liked what he saw, and he just kind of what heck, wanted to keep the theme running. Who knows? All right. So she walks into the adjacent bedroom. There's a red dress just neatly laid out on the bed. And there's also a note saying that today all your dreams come true. This does not pay off. And because she doesn't know a damn thing, she starts to write it too and then realizes that's not her handwriting. And then she scratches what she wrote out. Like, why would you need to scratch it out? Seems pointless. Because she's startled by the fact that she's left-handed? Or she could be ambidextrous. I write with my left hand, but I do other stuff with my right hand. You don't know. Anyway, so she goes through the drawers and finds nothing to wear except white t-shirts and guns, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, they're pretty obviously like men's shirts. Yeah. Which leaves her even more puzzled. Now, the guns, they're in a clear box, so you can tell there's guns. It's locked, and you have to put in a code that she obviously doesn't know. Right. So this never gets used. And I think it's supposed to reference the game, because if I recall, at least one of them, that's how you managed your inventory, was you had like a case and everything actually had to fit within the case. It's one of them. Maybe it was Silent Hill. Shit, I don't know. I th- I mean, yeah, the inventory management was definitely a big part of the games. I think you're overthinking this, because I think it's just a reference to the fact that like we learn eventually she's a security operative that's been assigned to this mansion so the fact that she has guns a gun drawer is a you know yeah but she's not allowed to get them no but like when she's not having amnesia and again like we're jumping way ahead here she knows the code but she's no longer in the mansion so it doesn't fucking matter that she remembers the code to the gun case right it's just a hint that she may or may not know about guns so, finding nothing to wear except for white t-shirts, she puts on the red dress. And big boots. Really big boots. And I mean, at least they didn't make her run around in heels the whole movie. I'm grateful yeah, for that. Yeah, looking at you, Jurassic World, looking at you. And, <laughs> and every movie with women ever? Yeah, it's true. This movie does girl power right. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about how the 90s kind of flirts with girl power, but then like does something to completely negate it. This movie leans into it. She has a strong female character arc that progresses naturally and doesn't hit you over the fucking head with it. She just is a badass to be a badass. Yep. Um. So the robot overlay thing is just following her into the dining room. Uh, who set this table, by the way? There's just like candles lit. And... Yep, thanks. I wanted to know that too. Fuck us, that's why. 
And so there's a lot of wandering around hallways. The movie tries to spook us with the atmosphere. It really doesn't do it. There's also a terrible jump scare of something moving behind her. And so she turns the lights out of the outside. She goes outside. She gets spooked by the wind and runs back indoors. I know the wind that seems to be like moving towards her. She's like, nope, spooky wind. I'm going back inside. It's like the beginning of Fellowship of the Ring when they're, they've just started their journey in the forest and the wind kind of blows toward them. Get off the road! <laughs> it's exactly like that. And so she goes inside and is immediately grabbed by, I have this guy down as business casual Dane Cook. Okay. All right. That is my, like, he's got that early 2000s spiky hair. He's got the facial features. I kept thinking that I recognized this guy from something. And so I had to look him up. His name's Eric Mabius or Mabius. I'm going to say Mabius. Morpheus. (laughs) Close, close. Um, he wasn't some stuff like I recognize the title, but it wasn't like, oh, that like his character never jumped out at me. But then I found that he is in the sign sealed delivered series. <laughs> okay. Which <laughs> this, is probably, this is probably gonna get cut for time, but I gotta say it anyway. The premise of this sounds like something I would love, but then I found out it's from the Hallmark channel and I didn't want to risk getting types four through six diabetes. So I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> but Sign Sealed Delivered is about a group of postal detectives who work to solve mysteries behind undeliverable letters and packages from the past, delivering them when they are needed most. So this was a short-lived series, like I said, on the Hallmark channel in when, uh, 2013. Ah, oh, fuck, it's outside of our purview. It is outside of our purview, but get this. This is the really amazing thing. From 2014 to 2018, there have been 11 movies in this series. They're all made for TV movies by Hallmark Channel, but there have been 11 movies based on this in four years. Oh, my God. (laughs) You have an idea of what the quality probably is based on that material. (laughs) Amazing. The quality is obviously amazing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Absolutely stunning. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so uh, from the very beginning, uh, this dude, this character, he was giving me very strong Paul Reiser in Aliens vibes. Okay. Like, you just know there's something up with this guy. You know there's something shady about this guy. No, for sure. In a twist, he doesn't wind up being the bad guy, but, you know. That is true. So basically, yeah, grabs her, pulls her to the ground, like, immediately, because he knows that an action scene is about to happen. Yep, grenades are coming in through the window. A flashbang disc question mark what the fuck because it's special super high tech public doesn't know about it the employees don't even know about it <laughs> it's for crowd control at hockey games <laughs> for crowd control at ho- <laughs> when wade gretzky really wants to cheat <laughs> he doesn't need to man he's the great one don't you dare <laughs> don't you fucking dare I, I i don't know hockey he's the only hockey i don't player. even know hockey but i know that <laughs> That's how great he is. And then a SWAT team bursts through the windows. Considering that we eventually learn that this is an Umbrella Corporation SWAT team, and this is an Umbrella Corporation mansion, why the fuck do they need to bust through the windows on ropes? Who the fuck knows? They just felt like looking cool. That is the only possible explanation for them doing this and not just walking through the front door. So they landed on the roof and then rappelled down to swing in? Because this is ground floor. Yeah. <laughs> why were why are they doing this other maybe than... It had to have been the ominous wind. It was the chopper. <laughs> That's probably, Maybe it was, but we don't hear the chopper. It's one of those silent ones, like at the end of GoldenEye. So they cuff 
business casual Dane Cook, and the boss dude comes in and tells Alice to report. And she has no idea what the fuck he's talking about. And my note here is, holy shit, the ADR in this scene is terrible. <laughs> it is so bad. Well, they're wearing full-on gas masks. That would have really distorted it. Okay, first of all, they're wearing gas masks with no filter. It's internal. <laughs> it's, it's not how gas masks work. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, um, before you put it on, you slide the new filter in. It's on the inside. So the little pouch, you just slide a little charcoal packet in there. Oh, God. Sure, why not? Give this movie some fucking credit. <laughs> but then, like... With not Dane Cook, um, he, he's like, I'm a cop, let me go, I'm a cop. And there's no record of him, to which he says, I just transferred, they probably don't have me on file. Which is a bullshit line, there'd be some record of it. But this gets justified, <laughs> because one of these Umbrella SWAT guys is like, the locals are pretty inefficient, it could be true. <laughs> but they're, they're referencing digital records, so that would have been instantaneous no the fact is that the transfer hasn't been logged yet also movies still had not learned how to technology at this stage <laughs> they still haven't what do you mean so yeah that, so <laughs> apparently business casual dane cook is a cop pin in that one of the commandos asked if she should just kill him right now but leader dude who is you know taking his mask off at this point says yeah no. they way too casually just remove their masks <laughs> especially when they're expecting a t-virus outbreak when they go down into the hive but anyway again they don't know that at the time yeah, they, they, they have reason to suspect anyways the leader dude says no don't kill him take him with us why <laughs> just shoot him you got shit to do he's got you got nothing he's he's an intruder yeah you you work for a giant evil corporation. Just shoot him in the head. Like they'll yeah. make a figure out. And how they to have make a handcuffs because they cuff his hands behind his back. So okay, decent thing. Or handcuff him to something and leave one person. He tries to get out, wrench that thing out of the wall. They shoot him. Done. Yeah, done. And he's like, you know, you can't do this. And they're like, well, clearly we fucking can. So let's go. <laughs> clearly we can. But this is great because we, we get a Michelle Rodriguez reveal. She pulls off her gas mask and, you know, after he says, you can't do this, she says, blow me. And so they gain access to the hive. What's the hive? Don't worry about it. There's a whole presentation about that. We'll explain that in about two minutes. <laughs> and so they go to an underground train station with barrels full of toxic materials just chilling in a trade station there's like hazardous signs on them why are they there go fuck myself i'm i'm, I'm gonna be telling myself to go fuck myself a lot in this movie to avoid saying that things make no sense and these supposed trained commandos are like you know trying to move tactically through this area and i moved more tactically playing paintball in elementary school this is just, like them trying to tactical in this movie is fucking hilarious i really wanted them to run through yelling parkour parkour <laughs> They might as well have, it would have made as much sense as the way they moved through this fucking space or any space in this movie. Parkour. Yeah, but this movie came out in 2002. Parkour hadn't really hit the, you know, the main Parkour hadn't been yet. invented yet. No. And so we also get, I think Michelle Rodriguez does this, sets a countdown timer on their watch. For two hours and 48 minutes, and I went, shit, this is going to be a long movie. <laughs> and so the power's down. Michelle Rodriguez has to go down you know, into the train and fix it, right? Completely pointless scene. First of all, she takes out her flashlight and puts it between her teeth like a knife. Why? 
go fuck yourself. There's no reason for it. And connects a power cable that hears some scuffling and she goes down further into the tracks and sees a grate that's been burst open and you hear scuttling and this doesn't lead anywhere. No! <laughs> Nothing. And then one of her teammates pops down behind her and scares her. For no reason. No yeah. reason. None of this matters at all. It doesn't establish that like, oh, she's the tech person, so she's got some skills or engineering that she can restart the train. It doesn't fucking matter. She's got like mechanical skills because she's the one who but, welded the hive open, like used the laser cutter, like the welding cutter or whatever. One, anyone could have done that too. She doesn't have any special skills. Yeah, but she's a lady. She's not even like there a- when they do the tech stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the train gets moving. And by the way, the train is the Alexi 5000. You notice that? I saw, but it meant nothing to me. I think Alexi, he's a character in the second one, but the 5000, because, you know, like everything was a something, something thousand in the late 90s. Oh, of course. Hadn't quite gotten rid of that trope yet. But it was 2002, so it couldn't be the 2000. And three or four, just they're just not cool. So it's, yeah, 5000. And so the commandos, they open up the door at the back of the train for reasons. And when they get it open, out pops a random dude who's passed out. And I have him as a bargain bin Hugh Jackman. No, this is uh, James Purefoy, and he was actually, like, there was this expectation that like, he was going to be the next big leading man. Okay. He had supporting role in A Knight's Tale, you know, and a few other movies, but he just never quite cracked that level. Uh, yeah, which is why, like, I didn't bother to learn his name, because I was just not aware. Yeah, James Purefoy. Um, I was going to go with Discount Thomas Jane. Yeah, like a hybrid of the two, I feel mm-hmm. like. And so seeing him triggers the first of many flashbacks for Alice. Yep. Of being married to him and her looking at a photo. So when she, Which she already found. Yeah. So photo- uh, my alternate title for this was 28 minutes earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> So good. Yeah, because again, this happened like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> this is not the only time that sort of flashback happens. No, it's the first of many times this flashback happens. But yeah, so she she sees this sort of thing and then sees he's got the wedding band on. So she takes hers off and on the inside, it says property of the Umbrella Corporation. Hmm. What? And so this is something I loved and hated. What did you love, hate? They avoid this trope where they're like, all right, you need to tell us what the hell's going on. And the person's like, yeah, all right. And gives them all the exposition they need. Yeah. I was ready to stamp that bingo card of, you know, there's no time or it's a need to know basis, you know, or something like that. But it's like, you know what? You have memory loss? Let me fill you in. Yeah. And by the way, they wake this dude up, like the discount Hugh Jackman. Yeah, just some smelling salts. That's smelling I mean. salts. And he's fine. Even though he can't remember his own name, the medic determines that he's fine. And that's just terrible medic. <laughs> that is a cause for concern. Character name is medic, by the way. Yeah. They don't bother to give her a name. And we'll see why. We'll see why just now. They reach another underground station. They continue to fail to move around tactically while moving towards the door. And this, again, 
overlaid details because the computer is following them and seeing their overlay. And even though they're all Umbrella Corporation employees, they don't have employee numbers because it says like, you know, so-and-so employee number zero, zero, zero. None of them have employee numbers. None of them have security clearance numbers. This computer just doesn't have access to who they are. Yeah, I would say that this computer has access solely to those that work within the facility, not the larger company network, not any of its outside. That kind of makes sense with how they're treating the connectivity of the... It's the one thing that makes sense in this That makes barely, yeah, a shred of sense. You have to put your own thought process into it to make it make sense also. Oh my god. And so, yeah, as you were saying, Alice is like, had enough of this shit, goes up to the leader dude and is like, hey, what the fuck's going on? Who the fuck are you people? And he, you know, I want to know who you are and what you're doing here. And he's like, cool. I'll let me, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically uh, she and the other dude who they woke up at the smelling salts were security operatives hired to guard the mansion, a secondary entrance to this facility, which is called the hive. So they have a fake marriage. And the hive is a secret underground lab for classified research classified like this is a corporation it's not a government entity why are they using that terminology because just calling it a secret is childish classified means it's important oh yeah yeah dumb anyways (laughs) (laughs) and what's really nice is that while he's explaining all this the techie dude who you know was hacking into the raccoon city police department gives us some visual aids we get to see a nice like 3d rendering dumb of this fucking underground facility, you know. <laughs> and again, because this movie knows how dumb its audience is, like it's hand holding us through the entire plot. Okay, so so the plot up until now is <laughs> And this rendering of the city and the mansion and the basin underneath is so bad. It's so bad. This had to have been like the very first map ever made for the game. When there's there's no detail, there's no texture, there's no nothing. It's just colored polygons. (laughs) And it also shows from the mansion. We took this trade. You remember the trade from like two minutes ago? That's (laughs) when it went down (laughs) into the the hive. That's that's how you get. And also, how the fuck does this trade turn around? Um, engine at both ends. No, it's the same fucking engine. But there's one at both ends. No, I'm offering like... an explanation. I'm not saying it's something that I saw. I'm just offering an explanation. It doesn't turn around. It's just able to pull itself from both ends. Okay. Uh... Dude, it's literally the only thing that makes sense. No, but like, <laughs> but if you look at the, the rendering of the train of the 3D thing, there's no both ends on this fucking train. It, go, it goes one direction. Yeah, but this is, this is just a model, except that they can totally tell where they are due to thermal imaging. How the fuck are they I getting thermal imaging of themselves? Know. We have a, a real-time 3D map of the facility, and this device, it can't just trace where we are. No, it has to show our little red stick figures. What is thermal imaging them? How is that thermal imaging exactly. getting into the theater? Exactly. What in the actual fuck? Exactly. So also apparently the hive, this underground lab, has defense mechanisms. And so when they're activated, a gas was released. So we see gases getting released in the shower where Alice was in. By the way, I don't think they ever call her Alice. We just like know this later. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets knocked out. And that's how she fell in the shower. And because she was naked and wet, uh, she died of exposure. And the movie actually ended before it even got started. Yeah, it wasn't a warm shower when she woke up. But 
there was no steam. The water was still running. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I guess the hot water ran out then at that point, maybe. Because it's undetermined how long she was out. It is undetermined, but long enough where she's at the very least got a bad cold. And also, like, apparently this gas causes memory loss. It can last an hour, a day, a week. Like, it's variable. And then Michelle Rodriguez comes in to tell them that she's welded through the hive's blast lock door. So they're in. Cool. So they open the door, and again, because this fucking commando team sucks at tact. Look, 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 I'm an armchair tactic, like small unit tactician here. But when you open a door, you don't all stand in front of it so you can all get shot down by whatever the fuck's going on inside. Like you all t- kind of take cover to the side. It's like basic. But how are we going to be able to show that it's us doing our own stunts? <laughs> And by stunts, I mean walking through a door. <laughs> but they're all just standing there when the door opens. There's no stunt. Well, you're not going to walk through a door before it opens. Come on, Nick. Just take cover. Just take some goddamn cover. Do some basic <laughs> shit, man. Like, if you've played a video game, you know you don't just stand in front of the door. Anyways, so they make JD. The guy's called JD. He's, like, one of the few people I'm going to give a real name because he's it's like JD from Scrubs. Uh, he's the one guy with night vision, so they send him inside the dark, spooky room to turn the lights on. How did this movie not give us a shitty night vision shot? They couldn't afford it. <laughs> they could have just made it red. Just put a red filter <laughs> on everything. Oh, God. Like like Sonya Blade's night vision. Wasn't that for, mm. for Mortal Kombat? Wasn't her night vision all red? Uh, Kano. Kano, yeah. I was like, Sonya didn't have night. Yeah. Well, yeah, like Kano's overlay, man. You did it before. Hell, you, you could have used the same shot. No one would have known. <laughs> no one would have noticed. Yeah. In like the almost 10 years between these two movies, no one would have known at the time. Uh, six six years. Fuck it. Anyway. So yeah, anyways, JD turns the lights on. And so now we're at the elevators again. The same spot where the guy got the coffee spilled on him. And we were led to believe at that scene that, oh yeah, they're in a high-rise building. Because you see outside the windows, there's a cityscape. And okay, look, I get they're underground. I get making it artificially seem like they're not underground is good for everyone's psyche. Why would you choose to do a fake skyscraper with a noisy ass city (laughs) with traffic like you could do like a nice jungle or just like a peaceful forest like there's like so many better options okay like no two things two things one it was a fake out for the audience that this was an underground facility secondly i'm just gonna headcanon this there are other options and just like the dullard of the office is the one who was like city life (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just boring ass city yeah and it's very nice that business casual dane cook explains why they have a fake cityscape it's something like it's easier to work underground if you're able to make believe that you're not something like that yeah which is totally true like like we're not supposed to live underground like if you live in a bunker for long enough you're gonna go crazy but again this movie knows how dumb its audience is and so he has to explain literally everything <laughs> Yeah, they do. And so the medic tells them that the halon, this substance that won't actually kill you, has dissipated. She's like looking at her little hand computer. Okay, again, that just means there's more space for the oxygen and nitrogen. Again, it's not how halon works. Anyways, they let (laughs) Alice and her fake husband walk around this group of like commandos way too freely. They just let them like do whatever the fuck they want. They're all like moving around tactically and shit. Like her and this fake husband dude are just like do 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 walk. They don't around. remember how to move tactically. No, but you think some <laughs> of the commandos would be babysitting them and keeping an eye on them, but no, they're just like, no man, you do you. Like like we're, you gotta come with us, but we're, you know, 
long leash on you. Okay, so there's a moment here that I genuinely loved, rather okay. than making fun of, where one of the guys is like, we're behind schedule, we need to move, and... Well, that, that's the leader. The leader says that. And so the guy who is with them gives them like this serious little like head raise nod and moves out. And then <laughs> Jovovich and Purifoy, they both look at each other and do that nod while like smirking. <laughs> They're like, can you believe how fucking overly serious this dude is? That was a great moment. Yeah. That was a very great moment. Yeah. So now they're taking the stairs because they can't take the elevators. They figure out the they figure the elevators are busted. Tech dude is looking on his wrist computer and it's like the Red Queen is locked onto them. We the audience kind of know this. We've been watching a lot of computer overlays through security cameras. And by the way, why is the Red Queen let them get this far in? Because movie. So now they tactically tactical <laughs> around the flooded labs. <laughs> And apparently these flooded labs are going to slow them down because they need to go through these flooded labs to get to the Red Queen. And this really hints at some unsafe level design. The fact that they can't get through there. Yeah, so I guess there's just not hallways? Yeah. You, you, you literally will have to go through the flooded rooms at some point? But there are hallways. This makes no fucking sense because at some point they move out. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. At some point, you must travel through a room to get to the other hallway, apparently. That's just the most direct route. There is another way around through Dining Hall B. Right. Uh, but before we get to Dining Hall B. Oh, God damn it. Fake husband asks what happened. Because, again, the leader dude is more than happy to explain the plot to us. Oh, yeah. He's excellent at exposition. Yeah. He's he's chief exposition officer. And ah! he, yeah, See what you did there? there. Yeah. And so he explains that five hours ago, the Red Queen went homicidal. She locked down the facility and killed everyone inside. And so her team was sent there to shut her down. They don't know why she did it, though. Or why we're still alive. And here's the thing. My note here is it's really nice that at 24 minutes of the movie, we've had the entire first 20 minutes of the movie <laughs> explained to us. <laughs> it's really nice of the movie to explain itself to us. <laughs> it explains the thing we just saw. And so that we get a floating dead scientist jump scare. She floats to the thing, and then when they walk away, her eyes open, her hand like slaps up against the glass. Which is only startling because of the jump scare music. Before they head out, fake husband offers Alice his jacket, and so when she touches him, we get another flashback of them boning. Yep. And he's like, he doesn't remember anything before the train, and he's like, no, do you remember anything? She's like, nope, nope, don't remember anything. Definitely not remembering us fucking. Nope, that's not a memory I have. Which I thought was going to be just some memory coming back to her but that's not the case no it will come out to be that is literally the last thing that happened before she got in the shower <laughs> it's true <laughs> uh, that was a post-sex shower boy. in a great reversal of gender roles she falls asleep <laughs> and he doesn't <laughs> he wanted to cuddle and she was just like no dude i, I gotta go sleep now yeah in case you haven't figured it out yet he was wearing a jacket and was already on the train mm -hmm. all right there's an hour left of this movie <laughs> no there's more than that shit so michelle rodriguez tells leader dude that the whole level is flooded so he orders them to move out and proceed down a hallway so nothing michelle rodriguez just said mattered at all and so now the digital schematics let us us know that they're going into dining hall b but this isn't a dining hall it's a room filled with these containment chambers connected to wires and hoses so they're like, wait, what? And so they start looking for survivors. 
And again, Alice and fake husband are just allowed to wander around while everyone tacticals through the chambers in this room. Well, as she gets way too close to finding out what's in one of these things, you know, leader comes up and says, hey, I said keep it tight. So, you know, they're raining them in a little bit, at least. When it was just a, a regular hallway, eh, they gave them some more leeway. But this is a large space. But you would still want to keep control of your group. Anyways. Which is what he's doing. Hey, I said keep it tight, you know. Come on, let's go. We have to tactical through this room. I don't have time to keep coming back and, you know, nudging you along. So now they're in the Red Queen Chamber, and we know this again thanks to the digital schematic that's keeping our attention deficit brains up to date. We'll also have more of this supposed heat signature tracking, because why yeah, the fuck I just not? don't care. Whenever we cut to that shit, I just don't care anymore. So Tech Dude hacks open the door to the hallway leading to the Red Queen, and so I appreciate that they didn't show us the screen and we don't have to see the movie that failing to show hacking. No, but they did manage to do that thing where he says he's initiated the program and then keeps typing yeah that's again movie doesn't know how to tech <laughs> so the leader dude starts walking down the hallway and the lights turn on and scare the shit out of him and i definitely heard an r2d2 beeping sound so the tech guy's like look the lights are automated it's all good and so leader dude puts a diabetes blood sugar monitor <laughs> with an antenna onto the wall. Uh, he says it's a remote transmitter, but that is absolutely a diabetic <laughs> blood sugar monitor. <laughs> and so tech dude hacks the door open remotely and a few of them start walking down the hallway carrying a bag. And this is when shit gets fucked. It is surprising, but this movie does have an iconic scene, and it is this scene. This, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody who like, remembers the movie, re like, watches this movie, remembers this scene. It's still pretty awesome. So, like, four of them are get trapped in there. It's like the medic. The leader and the two other guys, yeah. So, apparently, they triggered a dormant defense mechanism? Yeah, when the door opened. Go fuck ourselves. Anyways, so now, in this hallway, these laser beams start, like, coming down the hallway. Like, like lightsabers going across the whole hallway. So, this is the system to get rid of anyone in the hallway that activated after the door at the end of the hall was already yeah it doesn't seem safe no practical because he got to the end of the hall opened the door and then it stayed open for a while and and then he called for the other people to come in then that door shut and the defense system activated so it lured them in this murder hallway is just a big tease <laughs> It is. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so again, you see it charge up and it's moving at like eh, roughly neck level. <laughs> and it cuts off like the one dude's hand. As he drops to the floor, yeah, his hand was too high. So that was the big reveal. You see the finger slice off and it cauterizes. Apparently, right. there's no blood in this scene. Don't worry. But then, leader calls for medic. And we turn to the medic and we just watch this ring of red go around her neck as we're zoomed in on her surprised face and her head falls off. Still looks decent. And it's it's a great moment. It's a fun moment. And then this laser just starts. <laughs> and then it gets ridiculous. It gets ridiculous. It so like the guy tries to, to come back. But now it's really low to the floor. We're talking like shin height here. So the guy tries to jump over it, but as he jumps, it he gets moves up <laughs> and it slices him in half. But then it just stops. Yeah, because Leader Dude doesn't get in. Oh, no, no, no. It doesn't stop. It kept going because Leader Dude does a um, Leader Dude does a uh, front lever. 
yes, he pulls himself up onto the roof and like manages to get his entire body parallel to the ceiling. And back, like, you know, with the control panel, they're, like, they're all yelling at tech dude to be like, you know, you, you know, they're dying. You got to get them out. You got to get them out. You got to get them out. Like, open the door. But there's like, I'm trying. I'm hacking. It's, you know. Yes. Yes. He's doing his hacking stuff where he just types quickly. Then we get the leader dude. It's like him. He's just standing. He's like, all right, I got this. I got this. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, it's starting to come towards him. And he's like, all right, what's it going to do? What's it going to do? And then it just turns into like a mesh grid. And he's just like, well, shit. <laughs> Yeah, it turns into the laser version of chain link fence and passes through him. And then a very nice shot, I thought. You focus on Alice's face and you see his hazy reflection on the metal door. And that's where you see the crumbly bits. Yeah, as he literally falls to pieces. Yeah, Alice is watching him through like a a window in the, the door at the end of the hallway. Okay, so question. How the hell did that bag with all their devices survive this? You literally see it pass through them and all the bodies that are laying on the floor. They remain intact. I think there was like a bit at the bottom that was not meshed. No. No? You literally see these things pass through. Well, John, I think as we're going to, you know, as is tradition with this movie, we're going to have to go fuck ourselves. (laughs) It doesn't make sense because fuck you. (laughs) Because fuck us. (laughs) Again, the slightest thought that you put into this movie, it falls apart. It, it falls apart like a chain link laser went through it. Mm-hmm. The tech dude is like, all right, I've, I've you know, got the thing down, but he just watched his, his friends are all dead. So he's very scared. He's going down the hallway to try and oh, get the Oh, and bag. James Purfoy is awesome because he's like, fuck that. I'm not going down there. And he doesn't. Like, they, they even try to talk him into it. He doesn't put up a fight. He just stays there. No, he's like, nope, fuck you. I'm going to stay. Tech dude is going, no, no, the system's down. I've got to contain. <laughs> yeah, deja vu, dude. Yep, gray line. I'm not fucking going. Yeah, so tech dude goes down the hallway, and he's very scared. You know, he sees the dead bodies. But Mila gives him a reassuring touch on the shoulder, so everything's okay now. Yeah, gives her gives him a very supportive jump scare. <laughs> it's a, mo- a great way to describe it. A supportive jump scare. Um, so they get a we get a menacing door closing behind them as they enter the Red Queen room, and they start setting up a device, and then a concert light effects projector manifests a red laser girl. Well, I have that. This hologram effect was amazing nineteen years ago, and also instead of the Red Queen from here on, I will be referring to her as Virtual Girl. <laughs> Instead. <laughs> Instead of virtual boy. I see what you did there. Eh. Yeah, so but again, like yeah, the thing is projected by by a, a concert effects robot thing. And yeah, so the Red Queen tells them to get out, but Tech Dude tells Alice to ignore her, and apparently she's modeled after the head programmer's daughter, and like we said in the beginning, pinning that for the sequel, begs them not to shut her down, uh, despite not giving them a compelling reason not to. She's like, Come on, guys. Don't, guys, come on. And then they do. And they do. It's like, hey, but before she knew, she does the iconic line, you're all going to die down here because she's British, you see. And so everything gets shut down. It's kind of like when they shut down the power and the raptors got out in Jurassic Park, now that I think about it, because shuts it down and this opens up a bunch of doors, including the flooded labs. We see like the door opening yeah, for that. Yeah, not in case of power loss, the locks unlock. The doors literally open. Yes. 
and this gross yellow water inside floods out. And we also see the containment chambers earlier. They switch from stable to like environment unstable. It's red. This is bad. And then the lights come back on and the tech guy explains that the surge shuts the Red Queen down for 30 seconds unless he takes out her board. Not her mother board, just her board. I'm really glad that um, you went to the trouble of explaining this very small window of time that we have and what we need to do instead of just doing it. Or maybe telling me about it while you do it. Yeah, exactly. He lets her know, and then he does it, yeah. You know, 30 seconds is not a long amount of time, especially when you're dealing with tech stuff. You might just want to get the fucking job done, explain it on the way out. Especially since you lost your chief exposition officer in the laser (laughs) hallway, and the person you're with has no idea what the fuck is happening and why. Yeah... So we're back in the dining hall. That's not actually a dining hall uh, because Michelle Rodriguez and JD were left back there with business casual Dane Cook. They're keeping a watch Mm -hmm. on him. And so they hear some noises. And so Michelle Rodriguez tactically tacticals around. Yes, she does. <laughs> and finds a scientist. She's like, hey, I got a survivor here. And she starts talking to this scientist lady who chomps her hand. Yep. And there's a scuffle. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez drops her uh, keys in the middle of the scuffle. I guess these go to the, the handcuffs. Well, they yep. do go to the handcuffs, as we learn. Yep. Uh, JD comes over, uh, helps her with that, gets her off and then shoots the scientist but the scientist won't stay down the bullets won't affect her what kneecaps her yeah literally fucking kneecap in both knees Mm -hmm. and she does not slow down so michelle rodriguez just again unloads her little machine gun and the lady goes flying across the room because physics yeah uh so this is an (laughs) mp5k that michelle rodriguez unloads into her this shoots a nine millimeter pistol cartridge this is not blowing anyone across anything, okay? <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Science! Ballistics. And my, also my note here is, hey, we're 40 minutes into this zombie movie, and we finally get some motherfucking zombies. And no one who's in a zombie movie has ever seen a zombie movie before. Nope. Because none of them get called zombies. Much later, we get the exposition dump of how to deal with zombies. <laughs> yeah, like right at the end of the movie. <laughs> God damn. And so Alice, tech dude, and fake husband return. And uh, business casual Dane Cook notices the key on the ground and subtly picks them up. Like kind of behind his back, he like squats down to like pretend he's looking at the blood on the ground. And he mentions that, hmm, that blood on the ground is already coagulated. And that's impossible because it's only coagulated if you're dead i love how they had to explain that fresh blood is liquid to the audience again this movie knows how dumb its audience is and it doesn't make any bones about it's like look this movie's for complete fucking idiots and they're gonna give us a lot of money for this and And by the way when we say coagulate it we don't mean like it's turned hard and brownish like a scab you know like blood does this is jelly yeah this is raspberry jam Seedless. Yes, yeah, seedless. <laughs> if there's seeds in your blood, go see a doctor. <laughs> They're not supposed to be there. And so Tech Guy drops that everyone else has died. And right as he says this, we hear metal dragging against concrete. And now zombies are converging on our heroes. Cool shot. Very cool shot. The, the metal is one of the zombies for some reason has an axe. Yeah, one of the scientist zombies has an axe that he's dragging. (gasps) Oh, I bet it's the guy who was using the axe trying to get out of the flooded room earlier. Was he? 
I, no, I'm saying it's probably supposed to be. It's not the same guy. I think this zombie's bald. But anyway, he somehow broke his ankle at the same time. So you get this him walking on the sideways foot effect. It's really great. It's really cool. Before you even see full-on zombie, it lets you know there's just something really not right going on here. I, I'm going to agree with you there. But also... Okay, these zombies are crazy because some of them are just like got fucked up teeth and have like pustules and whatever. But some of them are missing bits of flesh and their eyes are fucked up. And it's yeah, like, there's this one guy that turns and part of his head's gone. Yeah. And they all died because of gas that doesn't kill you. Yeah, they all asphyxiated or drowned. Yeah, and it's only been five hours since that incident happened. So what the fuck is this other than just to look creepy? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes that is it that is all it is and so now we get them shooting at the zombies they just open fire and god the soundtrack is so good we just hear some heavy awesome heavy metal playing throughout this bit and they keep shooting them but they just won't die what's up with that <laughs> i mean what is the deal <laughs> this is a seinfeld routine <laughs> <laughs> And so they keep shooting them, and also apparently these solid metal containment chambers throughout this room are easily punctured by small arms fire. Small arms fire that has the capacity to fling you a good 15 yards, man. Yeah, that's just the pistol caliber guns. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, they start to flee from the zombies, but one of the chambers explodes and it knocks Alice over and she gets another flashback. And so back when everyone was getting gas, we kind of focused on this one lady as she's dying. And so in her flashbacks, she sees this lady. She's talking to her in the garden of the mansion. And she tells her that she can help her get, the, Alice tells this woman that she can help her get the virus. She has access to security codes, surveillance plans, the works. Uh, what the fuck is a surveillance plan? By the way, that's not a term. It's where your heat signature shows up. <laughs> yeah, it makes about as much sense as the term surveillance plan. It's, it's the scheduled update to the security system. It's the surveillance plan. That's the plan behind it. <laughs> Uh, so in in the chaos, uh, business casual Dane Cook gets cornered under a table. Uh, he loses the keys from his hands. They like slide into a grate behind him, and he's got to like kick off a zombie, a flaming zombie, while he fishes this the keys out. And Honestly, the quest for keys is the most tense part of this zombie attack. Yeah, and honestly, it it almost rises to the level of B plot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's an extended sequence because he drops them, I guess, out of fright. And then he's, you know, sitting down on the ground, scurrying backwards on his ass to go get them and just keeps pushing them instead of grabbing them. Yeah. And then they fall under a great underneath something so he has to crawl underneath and flaming zombies reaching for him. And it really wanted to be Terminator at this moment. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> So he manages to kick the zombie off. He manages to uncuff himself. And then his leg's on fire, so he gently pats the fire out. Yep. Like, yep. the sound effect is like, doop, 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 doop. And then this fucking massive flame on his leg and is so out. And so, something you just mentioned, and it happens a lot in this movie, but if something is very feral and really, really wants to bite you for some reason, don't throw punches and kicks at its face. No! 
it happens a lot in this movie, along with slow-mo neck snapping. And not slow-mo of ramping the camera, but we slowed this footage down in post. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why the neck snaps are so dramatic. Because they're cool. (laughs) They're really not. It's seriously someone tilted their head or turned it just a little bit. That's all it is. Maybe Paul W.S. Anderson has a bone-cracking fetish? Like, who knows? Yeah, Mila basically does what Sonya did to Kano at Mm -hmm. one point. Without the handstand, Mm -hmm. though, so... Yeah. So anyways, Alice helps Dane Cook get up out of the... under the table. Yeah, whatever the hell that thing was. So now the others are trying to open the door with a code and fake husband dude couldn't give less of a shit about what's going on around him. <laughs> he is really casual about this. He's just like, yeah, guys, you know, hurry the fuck up. Like, I don't, I don't know the code, so hey, we're just uh, Hey, buddy. Bye. Think you could get that door open for us in this uh, life-threatening situation? No? I mean, I can't do it for you. I don't remember shit, so... Uh, yeah. Even basic fighting instincts don't have them. I'm just going to stand here. <laughs> no, I was going to stand here and just look really bored and like disaffected by everything right, around me. But the me. way they solve this is instead of that dude joining the fight and having Tech Guy come and put the code in, Tech Guy has to awkwardly and dramatically shout the code to him. Well, to JD, the other guy. Right. Who's like, well, like, but I'm instead of do JD this. being like, hey, get your ass over here and open the door because you're the guy with all the codes... How about you tell me the code while trying to defend yourself from a horde? Instead of, I'll step in and take care of this, you get our asses out of here because you're good at that. But he's not good at it because he's so scared tech guy can't remember the code and they're all yelling. Yeah, because he's busy trying to fight off a horde of fucking zombies. He needs to be in um, in James Purifoy's sphere of calm and then he'd be able to open it no problem. Exactly. (laughs) He has Zen powers. But eventually he does remember the code, and JD opens the door and is immediately overwhelmed by a horde of zombies. He just gets sucked in. You know, like that scene in like every zombie movie where somebody gets sucked into a horde? Yeah, and this is done really poorly. Yeah. He gets sucked in, and that's really it. You see him screaming, and they're just kind of crawling on him. There's no bites, no tearing of flesh, no blood, no nothing. I mean, it's implied that it's... No, it's absolutely implied, but that's my point. It's just overly sanitized. They did not have a blood budget for this movie. I think that's really what it comes down to. They spent all the blood budget in the They were like, oh shit, we need blood. And so someone went over to craft services and found the jam. And then that's why they (laughs) had to make a big deal out of it being coagulated. Uh, Good fan theory. Good fan theory. (laughs) And this, like, J- Michelle Rodriguez is seeing JD get torn up, and she's just wailing and screaming. She's apparently emotionally attached to JD, and this has not been in any way established. So this whole, like, nope. no, my friend is getting killed moment just falls completely flat. By the way, I mean, spoiler <laughs> for a little bit ahead. This bothers me because this doesn't just happen in Resident Evil. This happens in a lot of zombie movies. Like, you see somebody getting absolutely overwhelmed by a swarm of zombies and getting chopped. And instead of their entire body just getting eaten by a ravenous horde, apparently they just take little nibbles just enough to where they can come back as a zombie later. This is why Shaun of the Dead is awesome. They literally rip his arms and legs off. Yeah, that's what would happen, but not in this movie and not in a lot of other movies. Yeah, pull up his torso, they're pulling guts out, and there was a decapitation. Oh, God, David's death was so good. 
Especially since you hate him the whole movie leading up to it. Anyway, enough about better movies. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't get shredded. He will come back as a zombie later. This will make sense. Don't worry about it. <laughs> as much sense as anything else. <laughs> yeah, because now those survivors just run into the zombie horde that chased them to this point. They just start going in that direction. Well, the door they were going to use is full of the, you know... Full of the infected, so we can't go that way. And then we see, um, so this creature is called a liquor. So the thing that she was seeing in one of those containment chambers, it bursts out of its containment chamber. It's like a dog slash human slash brain on the outside, giant thing, monstrosity. With no skin. With no skin. And boy, the CGI did not age well. It is honestly a PlayStation cutscene level. Not in-game graphics, but cutscene. If it was Squaresoft. If you watch some of the opening shit for Parasite Eve, it's, it's about like that. There's a rad or something that mutates. It's pretty fucking gross. But yeah, it's that level. So now they've retreated back to the Red Queen's terminal chamber. Um, <sighs> because, you know, this is low budget probably, and they need to recycle some sets. And the bodies of the others are missing. They notice this, and that does not pay off ever. Yeah, I like. I did like that they noted it, but then nothing. Yeah, none of them come back as zombies. There's I just no... imagine the lasers move through enough times that they're basically atomized at this point. As good an explanation as anything. And uh, Michelle Rodriguez tells the tech guy that, you know, hey, you let them out when you cut the power and, you know, we'll never make it to the service. Moment of despair. Cut to Alice walking around a lab with cages that is in no like how the fuck is this lab connected to anywhere where they've just been? (laughs) Why is Alice walking around by herself given the situation? Go fuck yourself, audience member go fuck yourself anyway these cages have been ripped open there's big holes in them how have they been ripped open? these are solid like these are thick ropey mesh cages these were like where the dogs were being kept earlier there's no fucking way these dogs got out they got that virus strength but none of the zombies got that virus anyways (laughs) I'm, i'm gonna keep going and fucking myself um and so, not like, yeah, super- but dogs are stronger than people to begin with. So not bust through a metal mesh cage. Anyways. When they get virus strength, <sighs> anyways, lose yeah, these- their skin. Yeah, so not surprisingly, a zombie <laughs> dog shows up. And is it just me, or does this dog look like it's wearing a Lady Gaga meat dress? That's kind That's of the basically that- what happened. I mean, it wasn't obviously meat, or they wouldn't be able to get the dog to do anything. But... <laughs> the dog would just be like licking itself. Yeah, the they basically got these, you know, latex appliances that they laid on the dogs. <laughs> To make it look like they were raw flesh. So Alice runs into an adjacent room, closes the door behind her, bumps into the zombie of the security guard who we saw for two seconds earlier in the movie. He's now a zombie. And proceeds to kick him into a wall full of beakers of different flavors of Gatorade. Yes, and I have this, her jump kick triggers a flashback to reveal that she was a security agent. <laughs> Which again, we already fucking knew. It flashed back to her being told that she's a security agent. Yeah, by leader slash chief exposition officer. Even in death, he is the chief exposition officer. Twenty-eight minutes earlier. I know. 
It's so I actually looked at the timestamps. It was literally 20 minutes prior in the movie. You had just oh. been told this information. <laughs> it doesn't flash back to her life at the mansion or doing any sort of training or anything. It literally flashes back to their conversation. God damn this movie. <laughs> it's so, again, resident flashback. That is this movie. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Jesus! All these movies that science badly think that science is done with different colored liquids, like bright colored liquids. It was just the cabinet of like open beakers and flasks. Yeah, that you know that which is safe, which is definitely good practices in a lab, which definitely uh, break at the slightest impact and aren't made out of you know like Pyrex or something durable that can withstand heat and impact, so that you can test shit in them. Nope. 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 Science! Science. Yeah, so anyway, she takes the security guard's gun. Uh, which is a good thing, too, because the dog jumps through, like, the window. <laughs> That's my favorite shot of this movie. The dog jumps through the window. Yeah. He cannot which... break with an axe. <laughs> we didn't really they... cover it, but when um the room started flooding, and like I said, the dude dragging one, a guy tries to break out of the room with a fire axe. Yeah, and it doesn't work because the glass is too thick. It's reinforced. Yeah. But maybe they just didn't have that glass in this room. Or again, the dog can jump through a fucking, That's you know. Stupid. It's got virus strength. It's got virus strength. So it jumps through. So <laughs> she runs into the next room. And it's a good thing that she's got a gun now because there's just a bunch of dogs. There's a whole pack. And they start to, you know, run towards her, jump at her, and she magically shoots them all one by one in the head. Very casually kills them all. Again, without it showing anything. At one point, there was like a really bad After Effects blood splatter. But other than that, yeah, you don't really see anything. And then that one fucking dog. That one fucking dog comes back. And so she's out of ammo, drops the gun, and Matrix tries runs against Trinity. Yeah, tries to pull a Trinity. She runs, does the wall run into a kick and kicks the dog in the head and snaps its neck. What the hell movie? What the hell? Yeah, this movie, again, <laughs> not the only time it's going to reference the Matrix, let me tell you. So, but the craziest, like, of all the crazy shit that happens in this sequence, the craziest thing is that after she's done kicking the dog in the head, she, like, lands on the ground. She's just kind of standing there contemplating what happened. And the dramatic drumming is just still going. <laughs> she's just standing there being like, okay, that just happened. It's like, <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no that's, that's not the tone. Like, nothing happens after she just, like, walks away, and that's the end of the scene. Like, why is the drumming still happening? Uh, oh, yeah, and I also have um, this bullet casing is brought to you by Umbrella. <laughs> and what are these made out of? Because when it falls, it just hits. It doesn't bounce or jingle around. These, this is either the densest bullet casing ever fucking made, or magnetic floors or gravity just doesn't function properly i don't know well because they're closer to the center of the earth so the gravity's stronger so that's why when the dude hit the window with the very very pointy side of the axe and that piece of glass shot out it did the same thing exactly <laughs> physics <laughs> yes <laughs> physics science <laughs> so now we cut go to <laughs> yeah go <laughs> Resident Evil, go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, go fuck yourself. The movie. Was... Oh, oh. I won't even say the name. I will. I will be merciful on you and not even say the name. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so, business casual Dane Cook 
is now walking through a trashed office. How <laughs> is this office in any way connected to where they just were? Again, go Fuck yourself, audience member. Why is he walking around alone, given the severity of the situation? Go fuck yourself. And he finds an ID belonging to a woman called Lisa. So it's clearly the woman that we saw earlier and also in the flashbacks. And we get a zombie on the other side of the glass jump scare. Which is completely inconsequential and does nothing other than to serve jump scare because then the zombie leaves. Yes. Doesn't find its way around to attack him. Nothing. No point. Nope. Just for a jump scare. We also get a brief cut back to Michelle Rodriguez in the command center talking about her ammo situation for her pistol. She's got one in the breach and an extra mag. Just in case you cared. I'm so glad I got to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's one in the chamber. The breach is not technically the same thing. A lot of people say it is, but it's not. No. Once more into the breach. (laughs) God damn it. So back in the office, business casual Dane Cook finds Lisa, and for a moment, she kind of acts like she might not be a zombie, like she recognizes him. I fucking hate this trope, and I don't know, like, how to make a short name for it. But yeah, everyone who's been down here has died and is a zombie, basically. But then when it's the person they know, they just walk in very casually and timidly until they get right in your face, and then... Time to go bitey, bitey. Yep, and that's exactly what happens. You hate um, that. It's just dumb, because you know what's going to happen. You do know what's going to happen, but then luckily he gets saved by Alice, who for some reason has decided to qualify go find him. Damn it, Alice. That was clearly someone's major award from like last year's Christmas party. <laughs> yeah, like she beats Lisa to death over the head with... You know, the employee of the month award somebody. Had. Yeah, some glass cube that was sitting on someone's desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was definitely a major award. Absolutely. And her beating this lady to death triggers yet another flashback of her meeting her in the garden. And again, in case you didn't put two and two together, because this movie does not expect you to put two and two together. It's her meeting this lady, you know, the, the scene of them, you know, I can get you access codes and surveillance. It's plans the and- same thing. It's the same flashback. Oh, business casual. Dane Cook now reveals that he's not actually a cop. Um, he's not. No way. I could not have guessed that. What? Massive fucking reveal. And so he's like, look, corporations think they're above the law and I don't. And like, there are hundreds of thousands of people around the globe who think the same way. And I'm saying to break this to you, my dude, I think it's a lot more. I think a lot more people think. Oh, don't corporate- worry. It gets dumber because he really wanted to do this infiltration himself, but he couldn't because apparently he's got this background of being a government agent and so when they ran a background check on him that would have sent up all the red flags like going through the academy and the cia and all this kind of stuff so he sent his sister so breathtakingly stupid which somehow in her background check did not show that she has a brother who's in the CIA and gone through all these programs and has been part of these, you know, um, not revolutionists, but yeah. But but he's in the CIA, but also the NSA. Like there's a whole bunch of alphabet agencies he's been involved with or like could get flagged by. 
Anyways, it's fucking stupid. Let's not dwell on this. So yeah, he recruited his sister to try and smuggle out the T-virus. And she had a contact on the inside who knew how to get her in. Uh, Spoiler alert, it is Alice. Decent acting by Mila here because she has that like, oh shit, I've just realized that I'm that contact. Yeah. So this could all actually be my fault and I don't know how to tell him. Really good. All, All just in her expression. Very nice. Mila Jovovich is a solid actress, even given the material. I was like, when given the chance. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So apparently the T-virus would be worth a fortune on the open market. That's actually a very important thing to know. But who who is going to buy this T-virus? Why would anyone want the T-virus? It just seems like a bad idea. Yeah, because she's like, really? And he's like, uh-huh. And then the scene ends, and they're back in the outer chamber for the Red Queen with everybody well, else. They're, they're oh, right- no, 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 no. They run in, and they're like, shut the door. They're right behind us. <laughs> So, which means, okay, again, the geography doesn't make any it's sense. It's just a whole missing sequence where, I don't know, maybe jump scare zombie, he went off to go get his buddies so that they could all have a nice little meal and chased him down the hall. But also, at some point, Alice and business casual Dane Cook were like, hey, we're going to go wander around for a while down this hallway <laughs> on, that now magically appeared in this movie. And everyone else in the group was like, Cool. See you later. Well, at this point, it's injured Michelle Rodriguez and tech guy. So and fake husband. Well, yeah, but fake husband, he he's still in his Zen bubble. He doesn't really give a shit what anyone does. So yeah, he's very much like in the denial phase of things. So yeah, so they close the door and fake husband's like, hey, like look, let's just wait for backup, right? Like we, you know, you don't check in long enough, they'll they'll send somebody. Nope. And there isn't going to be any backup because the blast doors that they open up are going to seal shut to prevent contagion from getting out. So did they know that contagion was going to happen already? That kind of suggests that they knew something like what was going on down there. And contagion certainly couldn't have gotten out in just under three hours. Right. Three goddamn hours. <laughs> And then why did you come down here in the first place if everything was going to be contained? I know. I know. If they did nothing, everything would have been fine. Everything would have been hunky-dory. The liquors wouldn't have got out. The zombies wouldn't have got out. The T-virus wouldn't have gotten out. This movie did not have to happen. You still show up to investigate. You find Alice. You do a little bit of searching around. You find fake husband on the train. Yeah. You just make sure that like everything else, you just make sure it's sealed off. Everything which it else, was. everything else gets sealed off. We're good. Or I actually, the train was on the other side of the blast doors too. So you just make sure those are sealed and you're good. Cool. It's sealed. Everything's sealed. Sweet. Do you want to? Do you want to? Let's let's rappel down and break through some more windows for fun since we're here. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're we're here. We got the ropes. We got the ropes. We got nothing but time. <laughs> yeah, this movie negates its own premise. There's because here's the invite some townsfolk, charge them for rides. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're gonna be is, here three hours. You know, you know, start a little side hustle here. But what's oh, crazy shit. about this is that they want to find out what happened with the Red Queen. That's ostensibly why they're down there. But why is this super sophisticated AI in no way connected to any other part of the umbrella? network security but in later movies these secret underground facilities okay, that's called will... a retcon so don't worry about that we're not worried about the sequels it's dumb focus it's on this dumb. one anyways this movie's dumb and full of plot holes <laughs> uh so atlas decides now that she is gonna 
take charge. And before we watch Alice take charge, we're going to take another break here. And when we get back, we will continue with the nonsensical conclusion of Resident Evil. All right, men, we have our orders. Hive went dark, and it's our job to go down there and find out what happened. Uh, sir, for the last time, not a man. <laughs> yeah, but you still look like one, Rain. Am I right, guys? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> it is early 2000s, so jokes like that are totally acceptable, and in no way will get old. Uh, so why are we going down there to find out what happened? Surely we can just connect to the Red Queen remotely and, you know, get a report? Not an option, Missy. The Red Queen isn't connected to the Umbrella Network. She's kind of a lone wolf sort of AI. No. So let me get this straight. Umbrella has one of the most sophisticated AIs in the world, controlling its top-secret underground bioweapons lab, and it has no way to access it remotely. Exactly. You earned yourself a gold star there. Wow, that is just so fucking stupid. Yeah, well, if you're so smart, why don't you work in computers, little Miss Gun make shooty pants? <laughs> don't listen to her, boss. <laughs> She's probably on her period. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Private, you are hilarious. Another great joke that is absolutely totally appropriate in our current and any other time period. <laughs> you said period, Captain. <laughs> you said period. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I did. I did say that. Oh, my God. You guys are all fucking children. Anyways, uh, so, boss, since we're going into, you know, a bioweapons lab that may or may not have airborne pathogens floating around, are we actually going to have filters on our gas masks for this mission, or are we just wearing them just to wear them? No filters on this op. Some new startup called Amazon. They lost our packages. Okay, great. Are, are we at least going to use actual small unit tactics, or are we just going to round around like a bunch of idiots trying to look cool with guns again? We are going to be looking and sounding cool. This is tactical unit, not tactifool. I fucking hate it here. All right. Everyone ready to say pew pew as you go? <laughs> <laughs> bang, 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 bang. <laughs> And we're back. So Alice, who has decided to take charge, reinserts the motherboard into the Red Queen so she can help them escape. Yes, but we ran out of laser show budget. <laughs> we did run out of laser show budget, so we don't get to see any more holographic little girl. It starts up and then dies, so that's a nice touch. <laughs> Yeah, and so we just hear her voice over the speakers being like, oh, looks like you guys have been up to some fucking bullshit. I, I tried to tell you, not really, but I, you know. Basically, they're like, hey, help us escape. Otherwise, we're going to fry you for good because if they trip the overcharge thing again. I say, yeah, they, they attached a override whatever thing. Yeah, so something that would surge her circuit breakers and that'll fry her once and for all. The first time is just going to shut her down. Second time kills her for good. Yeah, it's it's well, it's if she tries to shut down, she won't be able to. And for some reason, the charge will just loop and build up and build up and eventually fry out the system. So here's the crazy thing. So so the Red Queen starts talking again. It's this little girl's voice. And, you know, she's talking over the speaker. So it sounds like somebody talking over speakers. But then at some point, the shot 
goes to the other side of the camera. So we get that camera view with the overlay. And when it does, the voice turns normal. Like there's a little girl inside the camera just talking normally. That like It makes no sense. It sounds like she's like Wait, the Wizard of Oz. That's, it, that's not how speakers work? That's not how, yeah, no. That's not how speakers work. Like when I'm in my car and I turn on the radio, there's not a little person behind the dash that speaks to me and sings songs? John, I hate to be the one to tell you this. My reality just broke. <laughs> yeah, so, God, that was, again, amongst the, the giant pile of stupid we have in this movie, there was that little detail. And so... <laughs> a little person that talks to me and sings me songs. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, there's not a little but girl. it's the country station. I thought it was Boone. Oh, Boone from Lily did it And he cover. tells me to genocide those savages. <laughs> Uh, John, if these are the voices you're hearing in your head, I think... I mean, other people call them commercial breaks, but I don't know what they're <laughs> listening to. Uh, John, yeah, I think you need to go talk to a professional. <laughs> so anyways, the Red Queen starts to explain the development of the T-virus. Yes, this is where movie um, teaches you how zombies work and that you have to, you know, destroy the brain it will that but it's it goes through a whole thing to get there because apparently you know that this virus has highly profitable military applications how fucking exp- like walk me through that movie it won't it's also able to instantly uh change its method of delivery because it's a liquid that would be injected to you know cause the infection but then when exposed to air it's suddenly an aerosol virus but then once it's in your system it changes to being a bloodborne thing and then that's how it has to be transmitted and so since it's in the blood you can scratch someone and give it to them. written in my notes here i have fucking what science <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the idea is that like this virus, you know, you know, even after you die, the body still remains active. Hair and nails continue to grow. Not no, true. They fucking don't. Not they true. Do not. It's because the skin retracts. It makes yes. it look like the hair and nails are the growing. body That's- dehydrates, which causes the skin cells to shrink and then also just decay. The thinner areas are going to go first. But also your brain retains a charge because it's a fucking capacitor and it takes months for that charge to be depleted. And so this virus just, you know, gives it a jumpstart, basically. Science. And no, it fucking does it. Like, there are still some electrical impulses, max maybe a few hours after your death, but not fucking weeks or whatever the fuck the movie says. It's Yeah, it's a, it, literally it could be months. But when the virus reactivates you, you only have the most basic of needs. The, the need, need to, to feed. feed. Maverick and Goose high five. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> and so Michelle Rodriguez like, asks how they can kill them, and the queen's like, you know, severing the top of the spinal column or causing massive trauma to the brain. You mean shoot them in the head? <laughs> because again, this movie knows that its target audience is fucking stupid. <laughs> and so the Ray Queen says, look, uh, can't allow anyone t- who's infected to leave because she needs to contain the virus. And Alice tells her to help them out or they'll fry her circuit breakers. What? Help us. And if you don't, we'll kill you. 
Right, but I, that's it. But they talk about doing it to her circuit breakers. I don't think that's how... The, no, whatever bypass they did basically keeps the circuit closed. So she can't shut off, she can't shut down, she can't sever that connection. I don't care anymore. Uh, so they jump down into some utility tunnels. Then fake husband gets grabbed through a large pipe grate. So like, there's these large pipes going down there that are covered with these grates. And he gets grabbed by some zombies into one. And how the fuck do they push through these grates and take them off the pipe? Um... I would say because they're very old and obviously not serviced. And you even have the line, the grate won't hold. Well, you will hold for just a moment. Seriously, it's just a fucking moment. I did actually like the pop-up, though, because as he's kind of leaning against it, Michelle Rodriguez is going, hey, we can't stop. They're right behind us. And then they literally come from behind him. <laughs> so, ah, nice touch. This movie might be dumb as hell, but it has its moments. And this is where Alice snaps a zombie neck with her thighs like Sonya Blade did to Kano. Is, okay, is this like Paul W.S. Anderson's like Quentin Tarantino foot fetish? Like, I guess so. I think this is his fetish. It must be. Because you don't do this in a movie twice without it being like a sex thing. And so they make their way on top of the pipes above. Uh, tech guy gets bitten as he gets pulled up. And the movie just kind of like forgets about this for most of the movie. Like it'll address it at some point. But like him being bitten doesn't matter as much as the fact that Michelle Rodriguez has been bitten. Yeah. And by the way, during this whole thing where they're fighting off these zombies, Michelle Rodriguez gets bit like several more times. <laughs> I mean, she's already done for, so why not? I know, but it's like poor Michelle Rodriguez. Like, you just can't catch a break. Unlike most other uh, zombie movies, though, you have to wait until the person's actually dead before they become a zombie. Getting bitten and getting that virus does not kill you. It just sits in your system until you die. Right, but the T-virus will kill you. No, no. It'll make sure that you come back as one of those damn things, but it won't outright kill you. No, it does. I think that's how it's explained. It'll like, like she's gonna die whenever she dies eventually from her numerous wounds. Yes, it wasn't clear that that's how she dies, but it's clearly like a bloodlust situation because she starts getting faint and everything on the train, and it's yeah. I took it as the virus was taking over. Anyways, we're jumping way ahead here. So she also, this is where zombie JD comes back and Michelle Rodriguez has to shoot him in the head. And that's apparently an emotional moment that is not in any way built up to. Because again, okay, I didn't even recognize him. That's how little this character matters because I'm just watching this and I'm like, you're, you're, you're pointing your gun right in, at his face. Why, why have you not shot this thing yet? Come on, come on, shoot. Shoot him. Oh, there we go. Now you shot him. Again, it's kind of that shambling towards you and then gets really close and then tries to bite. Unlike everyone else who's going for the whole length of the goddamn hallway. Sorry, tunnel. We're in a tunnel now. So now everybody, like they, they eventually, like the survivors are now all on top of the, the pipes that are yep, kind of climbed above. up on the pipes. And Alice is now apparently super concerned about Michelle Rodriguez and like feels kind of buddy buddy towards her. But she's like, hey, Rain. her name is Rain. Mm -hmm. Why? Because of this scene as she rains her blood upon the zombies below, which is actually pretty badass. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. I, I enjoy this moment because Alice is like, oh, we got to get your wounds, you know, bandaged up and closed. And she's like, nope. Leave me the fuck alone. And she's basically squeezing her arm and having the blood flow down onto the zombies. She's like, yeah, you like that? You like the way I taste you bitches? Mm. That's pretty hardcore. Yeah. It is admittedly a great moment. 
but like her affinity towards Michelle Rodriguez, it just happens. They become buddies from this point onward, and it's just not. Yeah, Alice gets like an attachment towards everyone else that is not. She doesn't even know her life from three days ago, so she's she's got to make friends where she can. <laughs> Fair enough. So they start crawling along the tops of the pipes. Then the pipes kind of split. Like a bunch of them get to where they're supposed to go, like on a ledge or like a, I don't know how to describe it. But then the pipes break and Alice gets flung to where they're supposed to go. But tech dude falls to the ground into the swarm of zombies, but then doesn't get bitten. But manages to scurry up into a different part of the room. But yeah, but like but to a different part of the room, up a different pipe. But again, he's down there with like 20 zombies like all around him, and he does not get bitten once. Well, I have the same note about Alice, because I mean, she didn't fall completely into the room, but it still takes her a while to scramble and get back to total safety. And they're like caressing her leg, I guess, because we've established this could be transmitted by a scratch. Yeah, but she's got those long boots on. Oh, oh no, no. They're reaching above the boots. Okay, I did not notice that. Yeah, there's no way she did not get a scratch in this sequence again we can go fuck ourselves <laughs> so yeah so here's the thing so so tech guy is on this other place right and the movie makes a huge deal about how he's only got one bullet left in his revolver and they're like just wait there we'll get to you and he's like no go and he's gonna clearly shoot himself in the head and put himself out of his own misery we see him put the gun in his mouth the rest of them flee we hear the gunshot and you hear the gunshot alice has this pained look on her face and then we go back to the dude and he's pulled the gun out of his mouth and shot a zombie. And he's like, you're going to have to work for your meal. At this moment, of he got the is- will to live. And apparently he had an escape route from where he was sitting this whole yeah. time. He had an escape route. This whole moment is just completely negates itself because he could have been like, oh, shit. Well, hang on. I'm, I'm going to try and meet you guys somewhere else and like run through the, the hallway that's behind him. Yeah, this opening that apparently was very clearly behind him. <laughs> very clearly behind him like he can stand up if you just got to crawl like five feet and then he can stand up again so dumb anyways the others crawl out of a grade into another lab level and michelle rodriguez is not feeling good i think she pukes in this moment um we see the liquor running through the utility tunnels and so michelle rodriguez who's you know has has to be slung over to the guy's shoulders says when i get out of here I think I'm going to get laid. To which one of the guys replies, oh, you might want to wash up first. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was a fun one. Keep your spirits up in the face of impending doom. Very nice. And then Alice looks around at the labs and has the most insane vivid hallucination. Yes, we have now traveled back in time. (laughs) Back in time to when this was a functioning lab. And she watches in her hallucination a bunny getting injected with the T-virus, the blue liquid, and then injected with a green liquid. Mm -hmm. Out of the double helix vials from the very beginning that were being put in the case. Yeah. 
she realized, remembers that, oh, fuck, there's actually an antivirus. Hold the fuck on. Her job was security at the mansion. Mm-hmm. That is her job, to guard the entrance. But at some point, she was down here in the hive to witness them doing the experimentation and overhear everything that was being said. Yes, I don't understand what your problem is. This is a perfectly natural sequence of events. It's so stupid, because why would they bring her down? <laughs> I can't hold that She's a security guard. It's like, hey, your job is to guard this mansion and make sure nobody gets in. She doesn't need to know anything else about anything. They could have given her any story, but apparently she gets to go down for a field trip into this fucking secret virus lab. Well, she has the access codes and the surveillance plans. But why would she? She's doing the surveillance. That's a sentence that was just said, doing the surveillance. There's no reason for her to know what's going on down there. That's just bad security. <laughs> but anyways, that's not how Umbrella Corporation does anything. She, How can I protect this thing if I don't know every single minute detail of what it is I'm protecting? It's very simple. You and one other dude, <laughs> and only you two, are going to guard this giant mansion that you could in no way as adequately guard just the two of you with a bullshit cover of you two being married. Uh, anyways, so there's a cure. Jesus she she remembers. And so Alice and <laughs> Mrs. Casual Dane Cook enter a semi-flooded lab. Where's where is it? Where's it's not here. Where's the antivirus? But before she doesn't find the antivirus, he asks her how she knows oh, yeah, what's going yeah. on down there. And she tells him that she was going to steal the virus and that she was his sister's contact. Why were you going to steal the virus? All the flashbacks indicate, I don't know. But he accuses her of betraying his sister. And given what you know, why in the fuck would you think she betrayed your sister? Given everything that you know about how shit went down there. So we could have sinister reveal? <sighs> Sure. Go fuck myself. That's just going to be my standard. So she goes to the robot arm pod thing that we saw in the opening shot, and it's broken open, and the antivirus isn't there. The fake husband comes in, and he sees all this, and this gives him his own series of flashbacks. We flashback to him using, like, a long-distance listening device. While nearly T-posing. <laughs> While nearly T-posing. He's holding it straight out like he's gonna shoot them. Like, straight out to the side. He's inside the mansion with a long-range mic, and he's not just sitting there. He doesn't have it set up on a desk or something. He is standing next to a window and holding it straight out to the side because stylistic shot? Stylistic shot while he gives a very menacing look. Like oh, yeah. a deep Because we need to know that he's the bad guy. And so he's listening to the conversation between Lisa and Alex about... He said Alex, and I'm keeping that in. Alice, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> I Keep it in. And so, you know, Alice is like, I give you the codes and the, the surveillance plans, but it's going to cost you. And Alice is like, well, well what's it going to cost you? Like, you need to bring this corporation down. That's the price. So the price for getting you the access codes to the lab and the security layout so that you can get in and out with this, the price that you have to pay is... Doing what you were there to do. Yes, that's not a price. That's not a thing she has to give up in exchange <laughs> no, for anything. No, it's not. There's no... 
I'm stealing Nick's lines because go fuck yourself. That's why. <laughs> and just to make it even stupider, his big plan, instead of, you know, reporting to whoever the hell they report to now that he has this information to get rid of the mole that's down there in the lab. And, you know, instead of handling this properly, his plan is to fuck Alice to sleep. Yes. Write her a note mm-hmm. and then go and steal all this while unleashing the virus. So here's the thing. He's gone rogue himself, but the opposite direction. I was it was the idea that he's going to take this to go and like sell to the highest bidder then? Yes, that's exactly what happens. He does reveal that. Okay, so that means that he actually did his job as security and did not go down into the hive to find out about this thing. It's almost like he just found out. No, he knew about it. I think he was just like planning his robbery of the whole thing. Mm, maybe he had to like up his schedule because uh, people are going to be sabotaging the company. He's got to get it out while he can. Exactly. Mm. Alice now remembers his name. It's Spence. And so Spence grabs a gun that's just lying around and tells Alice to come with him, basically saying that, like, they can sell the T-virus and become rich. And Alice doesn't want to go with him, doesn't want money. And then business casual Dane Cook tries to rush him from the front, and rightfully, this does not work. He just gets a gun to the head. He's like, hey, man, don't make me waste a bullet. Like, yeah, kind of- I might be needing these bullets, so. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez asks him where the antivirus is. It's on the train. He almost made it out. Yeah, he starts tweet- laughing. He's like, dude, we fucking had it. It was, like, three feet from you. <laughs> yeah. Oh! <gasps> I just realized the symbolism. What do you mean? Okay, so anytime that anyone gets asked a question, they actually have shit explained to them. So that means everyone is on the level. Ah, like on the case with the bubble. John, I still haven't forgiven you for Santa Claus the movies, so maybe... Maybe you don't. Hey, okay, you and Jules are normally the ones making the bad puns. And that's the first facepalm I've seen you do. I don't know if there have been others because of how heavily I was facepalming throughout this episode. <laughs> I am owed something, damn it. Fine, fine. You get that one. Everybody gets one. Thanks, Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it was on the train. Apparently the Red Queen gassed him on the train. Yeah, he. this is basically his Scooby-Doo villain thing where he's like, ah, oh, would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those damn exterior defenses. <laughs> <laughs> and their amnesia gas too. <laughs> and so then the drowned lady scientist from the jump scares earlier emerges from the water and takes a bite out of Spence's neck. And how does no one hear this? I mean, you can move through water pretty quietly, but, you know, you have to at least have some sort of sense of awareness to do it. A zombie sitting up in a flooded room and staggering towards you is going to make noise. There's going to be sloshing. Yeah, but if you're too busy bad guy monologuing, you're not really paying attention to your surroundings. Unacceptable. Agreed. The answer is because fuck you. Because fuck you. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) So he kills the zombie and he backs out of the room. Um, and right before he locks them in, he says to Alice, I'm missing you already. Aww. Business casual Dane Cook is like lamenting that, ah, oh, this fucking guy's going to get away with it. And the Red Queen finally decides to chirp in. She, she's been keeping quiet up until now since they left her chambers. And she's like, I've been a bad girl. I've been and naughty. This is a child voicing this uh, this Red Queen and this intonation is not comfortable. No. No. Creepy child in full effect. This was absolutely intentional. 
Don't get us wrong. But yeah, it still doesn't make it uncomfortable or okay. So she then gets to have her villain explaining about how uh, the uh, liquor got unleashed and some weird backstory on how the mutation wasn't quite right because it was injected directly, but then it feasted on live DNA. Yeah, because basically Spence <laughs> goes in and he's about to fresh, inject fresh DNA. Fresh it. DNA, right? Because what? Because we're because she, she explains this after Spence gets killed by a liquor. Yeah, he's starting to cure himself. He opens up the briefcase. All, all that he's about to inject himself gets eaten. Yeah, but why does he try to inject himself like he's about to shoot up heroin? <laughs> he like pulls a band around his arm. He starts like tapping. How a else vein. do you inject yourself? Not like that. I mean, I've had the coronavirus shot three times now. Nobody was fucking heroining my arm. No, that wasn't the question. How do you receive shots? It was how many times? How else do you shoot up yourself? I need your experience. (sighs) Anyways, it doesn't matter because he doesn't get a chance to inject himself. The liquor kills him. Um, And it's very nice that the Red Queen shows them on a a monitor in the lab. Just like she lets them watch Spence get killed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically the liquors were the result of early experiments where they were injecting the T-virus directly into living tissue, living subjects. So Michelle Rodriguez is going to become a liquor? Well, no, because the T... Yeah, this... There's nothing about this follows. So they inject the virus directly and it mutates you into a monster. If you breathe it in, you become a zombie upon death and can transmit it that way and you'll be a zombie. Again, it doesn't follow. It just doesn't follow. Nothing follows. So it got injected with the virus. It mutated into this monster, but not quite right because then it feasts and it gets fresh DNA, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean, which allows it to mutate further. Is this supposed to be its final form or the more it eats, the more it changes? Like, like it would continue to change after this if it feasted on people and other things. Yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Cool. Doesn't matter because we only see it happen once and that's it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I had these questions. And so they figure out that basically the Red Queen was keeping this liquor that has been tracking as an ace in its hole in case it needed to stop them from escaping because they were infected. I didn't think any of you would even make it this far. But they did, Red Queen. And so she didn't tell them about the antivirus because this long after infection, there's no guarantee it would work. So she knows about Michelle. She does know about Michelle Rodriguez being infected. Yeah, because then she says, I can't allow any of you to leave until you kill her because I will not risk this escaping. So the pressure gets ramped up because the liquor is now trying to bust through the reinforced glass, which won't hold forever, and she will not give them the door code to get out of this lab unless they kill Michelle Rodriguez. And Michelle Rodriguez tosses Alice and acts like, look, you gotta kill me. It's it's the only way. Yeah, she tosses her a pipe, gets down on her knees, and kind of just like leans out, puts her head down. She's total fucking badass till the end and just do it. At least someone's gonna make it out of this mess but then the power goes out and it's tech dude he fried the red queen 
they escape into the adjacent room right as the liquor bursts in and they lock the door behind them and again this cgi did not age well ps1 cutscene. so the survivors make it to the train alice you know the, the others go inside the train alice goes to the back of the train where spence was killed he's like dead there this is where all the blood budget went apparently was not torn to shreds by this giant liquor by the way his body is still very much intact it just needed a bit of fresh dna that's all. And he's like, well, this tasted all right, but I got like three more down over there. So I don't want to fill yeah. up on this guy. Yeah. Seriously. You know, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we know this because its brain is exposed so you can see it thinking. <laughs> Literally a big brain move. And so with 10 minutes left in the movie, the movie decides to introduce ice blue zombie eyes. Okay, I had it in my notes, but I didn't have time to go back and watch. I was like, why does not husband have bright blue eyes? Some zombie movies do this, but they do it throughout the entire movie. This has not been a thing until this moment. I say maybe it's a variant because they were the first infected and then it gets transmitted through the bite. So this is the virus mutating as it goes. Yeah, he got the White Walker variant mm -hmm. from Michelle from... Rodriguez will get it too. Yeah. Um. So she whacks him with the axe and before she does, she's like, I'm missing you already. See, they've got that thing. They got that thing. That's between them. That's what we say. It's cute. Yeah. Uh, all, all our friends are totally not annoyed by this fun thing. Thing that we do and we, sell, we tell each other all the time it's fun it's the basis of our relationship and she drops her ring because she's done with this toxic relationship and she grabs the container with the levels on it for say, does she keep it level that's the important question that we must answer if you put it the slightly off tilt <laughs> the antivirus won't work what the fuck so dumb. Well, I mean, it's it's going to get tilted and stuff as you carry it, but I think you have to open it on a level surface. That's. I mean, it's advisable, but I feel like you don't need a key. level to know that it's level. Like, the, like the levels are overkill. <laughs> They're completely unnecessary. <laughs> we are still talking about these levels. This is how fucking dumb these levels are. They are still blowing our minds. That's how I vital they are to this movie. How can you not talk about They the are a plot point. They are a legitimate they might be the B and or C story of this movie. <laughs> so Tech Guy gets the train moving. They're leaving. It's speeding down the tunnel. Alice gives Michelle Rodriguez the antivirus, and she makes Alice promise her that if she turns, she's, you know, she'll kill her. She'll take care of it. And uh, Alice says, nobody else is going to die, and uh, that's a lie. Yep. Also, the Tech Guy gets the antivirus, just in case you had forgotten that he had also gotten bitten earlier in the movie because they don't make any fucking fuss about that. Michelle Rodriguez, there's th this is a great moment. I enjoyed this. Uh, there's They do a bit of a death fake out for her. She kind of like slumps over and you hear her breathe out. And you're like, oh shit, she's dead. And Alice is like very choked up about this for reasons. I, again, I don't understand her attachment to Michelle Rodriguez. She has no past still. She's remembered a lot of it at this point. Anyways. She, no, she remembered stuff from the other day. Oh, Okay, fine. Still, her, the, this is very needy <laughs> behavior. And so she picks up the gun and is about to shoot Michelle Rodriguez in the head. Michelle Rodriguez like slaps the gun away and she's like, I'm not dead yet. Annoyed that there was a gun in her face. <laughs> it, it was a grim. I have good job grabbing the gun for Alice. Right. I have bad idea slapping the gun for Rain. 
Because instead of using her words, seeing has how she's on the edge of death and be like, oh no, still here. She slaps slash tries to grab the gun really quickly, which could absolutely cause you to get shot in the face. Yeah, but like she could also startle her with her words and also get shot in the face. I feel like getting the gun out of your face is, is the way to go. I think uh, unless I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not gone yet, is a lot less startling than slap! <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Very true. And now we get liquor attack. Yay! How did the liquor catch up to a speeding train once again? Because go, go fuck yourself! Go tongue fuck yourself. Because <laughs> the liquor has a long tongue. You just can't let me have a moment. You just gotta one-up it. All right, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we get an awesome song for this whole sequence. The tech guy gets yoinked out of the pilot cabin. Yeah, glad we wasted an antivirus on him. On him, yeah, because he he gets killed. And the liquor bla- you know, comes through a solid metal door, which smacks into business casual Dane Cook and doesn't kill him. Okay. I know the answer is go fuck yourself, but I have to bring this up. The liquor can claw through this uh, this very, you know, secure train. Yes. But could not get out of its own pen that small caliber <laughs> bullets could puncture. I think it was sedated and the power going off got rid of the sedation. But only one got out. We don't know what are the other ones. The other ones could be empty. <laughs> I highly doubt it. I mean, yes, it's possible. <laughs> you never know. It's just redundant containment chambers made out of paper. Um. So, yeah. And now, once again, we get Matrix-inspired stuff because Alice shoots the liquor in the head and we get bullet time. That is a, almost exactly my note, which reads, I'm so glad that the movie showed us that this gun fires bullets because Matrix. <laughs> Because Matrix, exactly. And by the way, we're told that by shooting T-Virus creatures in the head, you kill them, but this liquor takes like four or five bullets to the brain and just keeps going. The exposed brain! So bad. So the liquor grabs Alice around the ankle with its tongue. Oh no, they skinned Yoshi! (laughs) But she gets saved by business casual Dane Cook. And then amazingly, my least believable moment of of the goddamn movie happens. Out of all the nonsense we've seen so far. Well, I know what you're about to get to, but before we get there, he whacks this thing with just these pipes. Oh, yeah, they have a net of pipes that's just swinging in the middle of the train car. (laughs) Yeah, just in case you're having a dramatic finale on a train, we got these pipes here conveniently for you. And so yeah, the pipes are now like all over the floor, and Alice grabs one of the pipes, holds the liquor's tongue down over a grate, and then pierces the tongue with another pipe. She's like, you know, open the door, open the whatever. And so he turns around to go open the trap door that's also apparently in this train. Uh, Yes, that is my thing. Why is there a floor hatch cargo door? They call it the cargo door. What cargo are they loading from the bottom? From the bottom of a goddamn train. Yes, it makes sense for a plane because when they have their landing gear down, they are elevated. Mm-hmm. You can wheel shit under them and lift it up inside. That's not how you load goddamn trains. It is in Resident Evil Universe. And so, <laughs> yeah, he, 
uh, he turns around, Michelle Rodriguez has gotten up, and she kind of like moves her head side to side to crick her neck, and you're like, oh shit, is she about to join the fight? No, because she's a goddamn zombie, and they only have the basics of needs, like, you know, stretching. Stretching and feeding, um, and her <laughs> teeth are already fucked up black for some reason, mm-hmm. like she's been brushing with charcoal, and she's got the blue eyes, and she starts to attack business casual Dane Cook, who shoots her in the head, she flies back, and hits the button to open the trap door. I still can't get over these goddamn doors on the bottom of, in the floor, the floor of a train. About to get stupider because the trap doors and the train open. The liquor gets plopped down onto the tracks. And John, how would you expect a creature being dragged along train tracks? Like, how would you expect that physiology to play out? Um, well, we're on a fast moving train, so you just fucking disappear. Like the tongue would get ripped in some sort of way and that's it. Yeah, maybe you'll splatter a little bit if you want to get a little, you know, yeah, sure, some blood. But yeah, nope, it gets dragged along the tracks. It starts <sighs> sparking, <laughs> and then after it sparks for long enough, it's so dumb. I can't even stay mad at it. it I try. Bursts I into tried. flame. The- Biological creature sparks into flame by being dragged <laughs> along metal train tracks. <laughs> what the mother fuck am I watching? It's so you are watching Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> I'm watching Resident Evil. It is ridiculously stupid. So they close the <laughs> trap doors. It severs the tug, leaving the liquor in a flaming pile of whatever on the fucking tracks. So they make it back to the train station at the mansion. Uh, again, I am not clear how this train got turned around. I reject your offerings of an explanation. They make it out just before the trap doors, the blast doors close. And it, it, so it's now just business casual, Dane Cook and Alice. And in the ma- mansion, you know, Alice has got the container with the T-virus, whatever. She collapses with emotion because she failed all the people who died and you literally have no allegiance to any of them. You did not know them three hours ago. Also, they waited until getting all the way back into the main room of the mansion before attempting to give business casual Dane Cook the antivirus. And then he starts to lose it. Yeah. He's um, in pain. He's going into convulsions. And because the liquor scratched him with his giant, so he's got like these giant gashes on his arm. Right. That now worms are crawling. Yeah. And just as this happening, nerds come in. Nerds in hazmat suits come in. They already took care of E.T. They took care of E.T. Because they have their plastic tunnel set up outside the door. They rush in and, you know, just, oh, he's mutating, isolate, da-da-da-da-da. And so they lift him up and carry him to the gurney. You know, the thing that has wheels? Yeah, didn't bring the gurney to him. They (laughs) took him to the gurney. They pick him up and carry him like 15, 20 yards (laughs) to the... And again, the gas masks have no filter. And then Alice, who's like, you know, thigh snapped zombies and like shot dogs in the head and like all this shit. She's apparently overwhelmed by nerds and hazmat suits. Like that that is her one weakness. I think she's just too emotionally traumatized at this point. But she kicks a few of them, but can't get like they, they just overwhelm her. So they take away business casual Dane Cook. We hear Jason Isaac say, I want him in the nemesis program. Yeah, this is when you are like, holy shit, I'm pretty sure that's Jason Isaac's face. Yeah, you see him. Well, you see like a flash 
flash of him in the hospital and because she, she eventually gets taken away. Oh, and this is where Jason Isaacs has my favorite mispronunciation in his American accent because he doesn't say Raccoon City as we would say in American accent. He says Raccoon City, which is how you would pronounce it in a British accent. Right. Jason Isaacs says, get your team together. We're going to reopen the hive. I want to know what happened down there. Seriously, is this facility not networked to anything else? There's no way to remotely access this facility. Yeah, and they also say to take her to the raccoon city facility. And like, wasn't this it? Well, apparently it's one of many because they take her to an Umbrella Corporation hospital. She wakes up in a locked hospital chamber. With a small bit of white on her. Once again. <laughs> yeah, she's like <laughs> gently like, you know, covered in a napkin. Yeah, it's seriously a large napkin. <laughs> full of needles and hoses. And we see a very painful sequence of her like yanking these out of her body, including her head. And I got a note here. Alice was doing the shaving only one side of your head thing before it was cool in the mid 2010s. And as she's yelling through the two-way mirror for them to let her out, we get a zombie jump scare of it walking across camera. Yeah, it pans out to this, like, empty innards and just a silhouette passes by the camera. It's not even much of a jump scare. I mean, the music makes it a jump scare. Like, the, the insisting upon you being scared music that a lot of movies do. Eh. So she takes one of the needles that was just in her, and she uses oh. it. Okay, again, because okay. we're not done Cargo with Cargo bay you- doors are still stupider than this. Cargo bay doors on a fucking train in the floor still worse than using a needle that's not sharp but covered in fake blood to push in to the swipey part of a card reader and that shorts out the door or something so that it unlocks and opens it she opens a door by sticking a needle where you would swipe your card where you need the magnetism of the card is what would open it. Yeah. So this and like non-magnetized What has iron? Iron is magnetic. Solved. Jaw dropping. Science. Because science. Just how like when you're in an MRI, you lose all your blood and it vacuums it out of you because magnets are reacting with the iron. Science. Don't get MRIs. My brain. Anyways, so she walks through the (laughs) hospital. It's empty. Uh, She puts on a lab coat as she exits the hospital, kind of like how she put on a white robe as she was exiting the, the bedroom earlier in the movie. And outside, we just see cars and trash, like everything. There's nobody around. She's just walking through this abandoned part of town, cop cars everywhere, walks past a convenient newspaper headline that says the dead walk. And this isn't just this movie. This is a lot of post-apocalyptic movies. How were they able to print and distribute newspapers in the middle of a crisis like this? A local newspaper, by the way. Because they've got a job to do, damn it, and the public needs to know. Yeah, because we also see news vans sprinkled among... And again, like, how these cars are positioned makes no fucking sense. Like, I, I, I'm not going to describe it, because we got we to get it's going It's movie soon. apocalypse happens. Movie apocalypse, but just bizarre. She grabs a shotgun out of a police cruiser. She hears zombies in the distance locks and loads and pulls out and we see more of the wreckage more of the city and the last the last stupid detail before the credits you're looking at these like skyscrapers like on like the 10th 15th floor how are they these giant splotches of blood on the outside of windows like somebody chucked a human being against it made a giant blood splatter and they (laughs) fell down no my mind went to the fake um skyline from down in the hive at first so it took me a second but yeah yeah no i know what you're talking about now because some of the windows are broken yeah there are blood splatters on the outside of a building but you know 
20, 25 floors up. Uh, well, that was <laughs> Resident Evil. But before we go as millennials, we know that every movie and TV show has a moral. So, John, what did you learn today? I learned what it is I need to do to be able to marry Mila Jovovich. Oh, I'm I, I'm not if I get there first. Uh, and I learned how to not be tactical, just how to not do anything tactically. <laughs> Uh-huh. And also before we go, we of course need to tell you what we're doing next time. John, what do the folks at home have to look forward to? They can look forward to Scream. And I have a one-star review for this classic. <clears throat> I have to say I was seriously underwhelmed by this movie, though possibly more than I would otherwise had there been not so much hype about how wonderful it was. The first sequence was very well done and would have made a good short film, but the whole... Aren't I cool having all the characters in my horror movie talk about horror movies thing? Got old very fast. It was a good idea, but overused. In the end, I gave up and watched the last half on Fast Forward. Ah, so that's who did it. Well, ho-hum. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) And that's our show. If you liked it, please subscribe. If you loved it, please share it with all your friends. And whether you liked it or loved it, we'd appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help others find us. Also, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. Links to both of those are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Millennial Rewind.